Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson. And today we'll be discussing Rambo First Blood Part 2, released by TriStar Pictures on May 22nd, 1985. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Richard Crenna, Charles Napier, Stephen Burkoff, Julian Nixon, and Martin Cove. Written by James Cameron and Sylvester Stallone. Directed by George P. Cosmatos. But actually directed by Sylvester Stallone, apparently. Uh, I did not know that. I didn't read that either. George P. Cosmatos had a reputation. He died three or four years ago, and like all these stories came out afterwards where people were like... George Cosmatos had the reputation of just being a guy that you hire if the star of your movie just wants to throw his weight around and basically direct the movie. <laughs> so he just collected a paycheck and ba- didn't do any work? Basically. Because this, uh, George Cosmatos also directed Cobra, which we will be watching at some point. Yes. And he also directed Tombstone. And Kurt Russell's the one who's come out and been like, oh, yeah, I directed Tombstone. Like, <laughs> you know, he's the one who, ba- as soon as George P. Cosmatos died, so he's like, I need to get it out there that I, bas- I, I directed the whole movie. And he, he is the one who revealed that, yeah, George Cosmatos is a guy that. So it's, but yeah. it, it's just Tango and Cash. That's the problem, right? It's those two guys. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I, I, I mean, we could pull up George Cosmatos' filmography. I don't think he did a ton outside of those what you three just ran, movies man, and yeah. maybe a handful more. But, um, yeah, Sylvester Stallone basically directed this movie. I, I like that, though, of just having a gig where you get to show up on set, you hang out with movie stars, you get paid, and somebody else does your work for you. Sure. Yeah, it must be, uh, I don't know how you get that gig. Good work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. His son is a director now. He directed uh, Mandy, that Nicolas Cage movie that I didn't like that much. I remember you talking about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know what else that his son directed. Generally, if uh, it begins with Nicolas Cage movie, I'm generally uninterested. Oh, see, you know, this is a topic for another day. We've barely started this episode, but we're, we need to have that fight at some point. We can well, have I, that fight. I, I mostly disagree with you. Okay. But anyway, for, uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, which is quite the movie, especially compared to the first movie. Right? Uh completely different and i do now see why you thought that this and rocky four should be back to back uh-huh yeah <laughs> the the anti-soviet the uh, propaganda, propaganda machine, machine was just i it's it's in the realm of com the i guess the polar opposite of comrade detective Bo- both of these are just propaganda machine cranked up to a lot oh yeah i mean i think that's what that is poking fun at is the oh, 80s reagan era you know, your Red Dawns and your Top Guns. And I swear I read something somewhere, and maybe I imagined it. I swear I read somewhere a couple years ago that there was a, an actual government, I don't know if it was CIA, but some kind of program to co-fund these movies. And because Reagan came from Hollywood and he had these connections, I swear I read somewhere that it was, it was actually, the government was actually trying to put out propaganda it wasn't just like a cultural thing that just happened to happen i i, I swear i read this somewhere are, are I, you talking about argo i mean kind of I mean, that wasn't a real movie yeah that was a fake movie yeah i swear i read this somewhere and i could not find it. i searched everywhere maybe i imagined it but i swear a couple years ago i read an article saying that oh this, this could, was recently I, declassified and actually it turns out is not a coincidence that during the reagan administration all these movies that were super super pro-america anti-soviet were co-financed by the u.s government but now I'm, I'm sure i'm not sure if that's true or not like so, i'm not sure so can we take it one one step further does that mean that drug money probably used <laughs> <laughs> to finance some of these movies hey, i don't know how uh, you know they probably built some firewalls between the drug money and the hollywood money the lindo brand of coffee yeah i it may not be true i may have imagined this but it's certainly regardless of of whether it was actual 
propaganda, you know, kind of driven by the government actively or just it was part of the culture. Like, yeah, this this kind of a mid 80s, you know, this whole wave of super like jingoistic American movies. It didn't last for long, but like, man, oh, man, is this like the top example of that? More so than Top Gun or any or Red Dawn or any of them, like this is really, really propagandistic in a way that is kind of tough to watch all these years later. Way more so than Top Gun. I mean, I had not seen this movie before. There's certainly propaganda elements of Top Gun, but you know what? A, a lot of movies are the way. There, there's a certain element uh, in Silence of the Lambs that is somewhat of a recruiting video, actually, for female agents in the FBI. So, I mean... Yeah, that's law enforcement, though. Yeah, I, I, what the point is, though, is that there there are many examples of it. Some are more overt than others. Th- this <laughs> this has to be the most overt. Maybe not... Re- this isn't a recruiting video, necessary, but propaganda film. I'm not sure there's a more overt, other than you get back to, you know, the 1940s, 1930s and 1940s. Right? Sure. Actual literal propaganda yes. from World War II. Exactly. Like, uh, there's no secret about those. Those were definitely like yeah, government government funded, made, propaganda. funded and uh, made. Where this was, we'll get to it. A highly profitable oh, endeavor. Yes. Well, before we get to it, I'm just curious. Generally, I'm just curious, like what your take on this movie is, other than just being surprised by the propaganda of it. I, I'd say that that was the majority of it. It did get to what I thought Rambo's reputation was. Yes. This is where, where it comes where, from. Yeah, where the first one, uh, that one was shocking as we discussed, for, you know, for, uh, for a different reason, is that it's nowhere in any way, shape, or form what the idea of John Rambo, I know, I know I've told you off air, and I think maybe we've watched it, of uh, Andy Dwyer, the character on Parks and Recreation, you know, reenacting a John Rambo, you know, kill sequence. That's what you think of John Rambo, where in the first movie, it's not at all. This completely lived up to it. Yeah, we'll come back to that, the Parks and Rec thing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, First Blood is only shocking in hindsight because of the expectations that were later built by this movie of, like, yeah. what is a Rambo movie? I've always said, I've said it multiple times in this podcast, Rambo 2 is my least favorite Rambo. By the way, let's just call it Rambo 2 from this point forward yeah. <laughs> instead of Rambo colon First Blood Part 2. It's just Rambo 2. Um, Rambo 2 has always been my least favorite. And I think in large part, like the politics of it, whatever, I can accept. I've, I've talked about Dirty Harry in the past. Just like yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that movie's politics, but I still really like the movie because I, I accept the world as it's presented to me in a movie. In this movie's world, there were still POWs in Vietnam, and you know the government was trying to hide it, blah, blah, blah. At the time that this movie came out, people actually believed that was true. It turned out to not be true at all. I mean, in, in the you know, 90s and stuff, by the end, by like the mid-90s, investigations were launched and it was more or less proven. Like, John McCain was involved. Like, all this. This was a big hot-button political issue at the time. And we know now that the world that, this, that Rambo 2 presents was not true at all. There were no POWs left in the mid-80s in Vietnam. But for the premise of this movie, I'll just accept it. Okay, fine. This is a world where that was true. So that stuff... It's weird in hindsight because we know that basically it's nonsense, but I can accept it. What I can't accept is the character of John Rambo turning 180 degrees from the character that was established in the first movie. I think this is a very good action movie. It's well made. It's exciting. A a different character, right? Yeah. Just change his name. It's a terrible sequel to First Blood. And they put First Blood Part 2 in the title. If they just called it Rambo and been like, ah, the first movie may or may not have happened. It's (laughs) ambiguous. You know, it's a reboot. Reboot. Yeah. If it had been reboot-ish, like a soft reboot, I I would be way more willing to accept this. But man, this is a character who broke down and cried at the end of First Blood because of the trauma he experienced in Vietnam. 
And then here at the beginning of this movie, he's like, hey, you want to go to Vietnam? Yeah, sure. Just kind of shrugs, like, yeah, okay, I'll go. This is the place of your greatest trauma. And he's like, I, you know, I'll knock a couple years off my sentence, sure. Better than Boston Rocks. <laughs> we'll get to it. But um, I, th- I think that's my takeaway of this movie is I, I think I have given this movie short shrift as an action movie. I think it's actually a really good action movie. But you just have to forget the first movie ever happened in order to enjoy it. So the only is, thing I, I, I want to add it, that was also a shock to me. I had no idea James Cameron was attached to this. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that before can, we start. Yeah, can you help me? Where is James Cameron in this script? Well, that, you know, I, I, you probably haven't researched it to know, but I just, I did not, I did not feel James Cameron at all in this. No, I have some research here because I think there's a little bit of a back and forth between James Cameron and Stallone as far as who is responsible for what and <laughs> what, what the movie should have been, etc. Because famously, this was the script. Um, I think we talked about it when we covered the Terminator where might have uh, James Cameron at some point had to write three scripts within like six months. And he we was did, like, so I should have remembered that James Cameron worked on. This. Yeah, it was this. It was the Terminator and it was aliens. He wrote all three of those. Like he basically like wrote for 18 hours a day for six months straight and like almost went, like drove himself crazy. It was like that's basically how he got his start and got catapulted into being you know, James Cameron. So he wrote this before he even directed The Terminator. He was basically nobody at the time. I think maybe he had written the script and someone liked it and said, hey, can you help with the, the second Rambo movie? Gotcha. Um, but let me read some. There's two kind of conflicting interviews, one from James Cameron and one from Sylvester Stallone. Um, and they're kind of long. I'll try and skip over some stuff. But here's James Cameron from an interview in 1986. And he said, I actually thought the first one, meaning First Blood, I actually thought the first one was a pretty good film. That's what attracted me to the second one, the underdog story. I was kind of fascinated by Vietnam at that point and what a weird and surreal kind of war it was. So my approach was that my approach to it was a lot heavier, a lot more character. I just ran into Sly recently, and he was saying that when he looks back at it, although he doesn't have any regrets, in a way he wished he could have done the script that I wrote because they did wind up throwing out about the first half of it. They kept a lot of the action. They made it kind of a Mission Impossible thing. For me, it took on a kind of a superhero quality. I thought it was much more interesting to kind of explore the traumatized character. Maybe I'll get to use that stuff somewhere else. So I, that kind yeah. of paints a picture of James Cameron at least making the claim that he his version was a little more true to the character from the first movie. Yeah. Um, and then here's Stallone. I think that James Cameron is a brilliant talent, but I thought the politics were important, such as a right-wing stance coming from Troutman and his nemesis Murdoch, contrasted by Rambo's obvious neutrality. I'm not sure I agree with that. Which I believe is explained in Rambo's final speech. I realize his speech at the end may have caused millions of viewers to burst veins in their eyeballs by rolling them excessively. (laughs) I think we agree with that. (laughs) I won't speak for you, but I agree with that. But the sentiment stated was conveyed to me by many veterans. Also in his original draft, it took 30 30 to 40 pages to have any action initiated and Rambo was partnered with a techie sidekick. So it was more than just politics. <laughs> there was the a team. There was also a simpler storyline. Yeah. I, I, I think it was just a sidekick, not a whole team. Okay. And, and Stallone says, if James Cameron says anything more than that, then he realizes he's now doing the backstroke badly in a pool of lies. <laughs> what? Seems like a weird, like yes. preemptive strike at James Cameron. It does. So it, it seems like there's a little bit of like, Conflict, like James Cameron seemed a little more magnanimous about it. Stallone's like, if James Cameron says anything, he's lying. He's just a liar. Um, my impression is that James Cameron wrote a more three dimensional character, and Stallone is just like, I just want to blow things up. <laughs> so I don't know. That's probably that should be the tagline for the the movie. I just want to blow things up. He just wanted to blow things up. 
I have a lot to say about this movie, but right. uh, let's get started with this. What day is it? What year? All right. May 22nd, 1985. This is going to be one where I say, I think the budget went a long way. Most of the time it feels like I'm saying, I don't understand how they spent that much money on this movie. $44 million was the budget. And I know in 1985, that was a lot more money. I feel like they got their money's worth for $44 million. I think this was one of the biggest budget movies ever at the time. It was like okay. the top five or ten or something. I believe that. But I got to tell you, I think that they got their money's worth in this. There they, are a couple moments that feel a little cheap. When he's hanging out of that plane, when he tries, is parachuting, okay, and that's that, obviously a sound stage. A couple, I mean, it's, it's just the age of the movie, I think. Yeah, it's, that's the biggest part. But, I mean, they blew up a lot of stuff. They had real helicopters. I mean, they, they, they got their $44 million worth yeah, in this, this movie. movie does not short shrift the spectacle in any way. We spared no expense. Yeah, for sure. So, with that... Total box office, I'll let you guess what the box office was, worldwide or, worldwide or domestic, either I, one. I, I know I saw it when I was, oh, okay. it was like 220-something million. Just over 300 million in total oh, wow. uh, gross box office, foreign and domestic. At least box office mojo is the source. I probably saw the U.S. only. But well, and it's almost 50-50, believe it or not, 150 here in the States and just under 150 foreign, so... Very, very well, I guess, received. I don't know if you know, it's not necessarily well-reviewed, but well-received financially throughout the world. Yeah, this movie was a gigantic phenomenon, and we'll cover more about that later. It's what The phenomenon of Rambo 2. Yeah, I, I, when you put in 44 and 300 comes back, that's a great multiple on a movie. I mean, this is the reason why, this movie is the reason why Rambo is still a pop culture touchstone. It's, and still Rambo movies being mm-hmm, made. Mm-hmm. All right, so in that first week, it, of course, opened at number one, uh, just over $25 million opening at number one. There were a number of movies actually opening the same weekend. Okay. Uh, there are pretty high-profile movies. We'll go counter-programming first that came in third. Brewster's Millions came in third that weekend at just sure. under $10 million. Okay. And my much-derided, that uh, you disagree with me, James Bond film also opened... This same week in 1985, with just over thir- almost 13.3 million dollars, a okay. view to a kill. A view to a kill. Yeah. yeah, I am not a fan. Beverly Hills Cop. To, to be clear, I like it because it's terrible. It's it's not a good movie. Oh, but you've never when, actually when, said that. When I mean, it's it's implied. I think when Christopher Walken pushes a button and the guy goes sliding down a set of stairs, and then you learn after the fact that a guy, you were in a blimp the whole time. <laughs> You're, you're, the bad guys are having a meeting, and then he hits a button, and the guy goes out sliding. You think you're in like an office building, and then the, he slides down a slide, and then it's like ah, and you really it reveals it cuts outside, and you reveal and you're, you're in a blimp. That's an amazing reveal. That's one of my favorite. It's like one of the funniest moments in any Bond movie. I love uh, it. Uh, I think the slide whistle. Loop to loop is the funniest moment in any Bond movie for me. Oh, that's terrible. I hate that. It's terrible in a great way. But no, it we'll, ruins it ruins that movie. We'll agree to disagree on that. All right. Beverly Hills Cop in its twenty-fifth week. I don't know, this must have been a re-release. I didn't look it up, but it had to have been. Yeah, because that, that movie came out before nineteen eighty five. They must Definitely. have released that for some reason. Well, it came in number four that week that weekend, which is pretty impressive, uh, with three million dollars. And in its Ninth week, hanging around. I'm only going to do the top five because I didn't recognize any of the rest of the top ten. Uh, there's a Police Academy movie in theaters. Which Police Academy is it? See, this is the series that I'm I'm not as good at these as I am with like the Friday the 13th and Halloween. Uh, you've been pretty 85. good. Yeah, 85. They're always later than I think, so I'm going to say 
Police Academy 5? Ooh. Is it 4? Bigness. Oh, is it what? Police Academy 2. The two. first, the, their first assignment. See, I got, my, I got in my head. That's funny because I was thinking about that movie in relation to Rambo First Blood Part 2 and that they're both movies that have inconsistent numbering in their titles. Police Academy 2, their first <laughs> assignment, and then we've got First Blood Part 2. You're right. Both came out around the same time. That is perfect. Yeah. All right, I said I wouldn't cover them, but I, I just for completion purposes, I will. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, number six, Code of Silence. Don't know that movie. Mm, I don't know. Number seven, Mask. Oh, that's the one with the... Uh... Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, not Jim Carrey. That's, that's the one with Cher, and it's about, like, the kid with the genetic condition, uh, Eric... Uh, not Eric. Uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name who was the original Marty McFly? He's in uh, Pulp Fiction. Eric as, Zorn? Not Eric Zorn. <laughs> that's the guy from A View to a Kill, isn't it? It's not um, the Z. No, no, no. The the yeah, who was in? He's in Pulp Fiction, the drug dealer from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it's, it's Eric. I know for a hundred percent, it's Eric. Okay, that does sound right, but I it's, can't remember his last name. I I feel like I almost need to look it up, but <laughs> now okay, I, I he's in it. He's I like, don't I don't the kid with it's like a genetic condition that causes like, it's like right. a gigantism. I it's still kinda, don't, I still don't know the movie. It's like if the Elephant Man was a Lifetime movie. That's what Mask is. <laughs> It is. I think that's an accurate description. <laughs> you probably, if you saw a, a, a photo of the movie, you might remember what it is. All right. So I do not recognize Mask at all, even with that overview, which I certainly appreciate. Eric Stoltz. I just Stoltz. looked at Stoltz. Okay. I, knew, I knew it was an Eric. I got that right. You threw me off because you said Z. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know why? Because I was thinking the movie Killing Zoe. That's actually the movie okay. that I know. That makes from. sense. Right. I'm not, I can't throw stones about not remembering people's names. Believe me. All right. Thank you for giving me... I'll, I'll get partial credit on that yeah, one. Yeah, that was close. Number eight, Desperately Seeking Susan. Number nine, Witness. And number ten, Gotcha, which I'm going to guess had to have been some sort of comedy because it's got an exclamation point. So something tells me that it was a, a parody-type movie and that Hot Shots was probably, when it used its exclamation point, was making fun of that movie. Yeah, probably. You don't know Witness? So that's, Harrison, that Harrison Ford. Ford uh, mm. I haven't seen it, but I I know of it. He lives with the Amish people. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's referenced. He lives in, with the Amish people. He lives with an Amish family. He's, like a, he's in, doing an investigation or something. It's referenced in Last Action Hero. I would think uh, based on that alone, you'd be familiar with Witness. No, I didn't know what's the reference because uh, Danny's like whatever that movie. He, he references Witness, and then his mother's like, "We're not Jewish," and he's like, "Amish," and she's like, "Whatever ish." Oh, I don't remember. Does that ring a bell? No. Whatever. They reference... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that it was referenced in Witness. They yeah. referenced it in the last section here. All right. 1985-86, The Cosby Show is number one in America. That's been, a, I think, a couple of years that it's been here in the 80s. Not necessarily surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Four is the same year, so I'm sure the next episode we're going to be hearing all these things over oh, again. Oh, yeah, probably. So let me just... You can just splice this in later. Uh, Family Ties is number two. Okay. Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury clocking in at number three. Okay. Number four, 60 Minutes. Number Man, some of these shows, they, they, they just really are icons. Number five, Cheers. What do you think about the Cosby Show, Family Ties, and Cheers? Those are, I haven't seen them in a long time, but they certainly were iconic shows. Yeah, I mean, the Cosby Show has been forgotten I, for many re- for obvious reasons. I know, but that, uh, again, we've discussed it. It doesn't, doesn't take away yeah. what the show was. But I was, I was going to say, the Cosby Show and Cheers were remained iconic shows for many years, whereas Family Ties, I don't faded. think people really remember Family Ties or care anymore. Not as much. Uh, number six, 
Oh, here we go. We got Dallas and then number seven, Dynasty. So th- oh, those boy. were competing back. And they were the rating share is barely separated between the, them. The age of the nighttime soap. Yes. I'm sure the same people were watching both both of those shows. <laughs> so I doubt they were against each other. Or just, the Venn diagram was just two circles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or one, I should a, say one a, circle. A perfect overlapping yes. circle. Uh, tied with Dynasty at number seven was your favorite, The Golden Girls. <laughs> and that was my favorite. It is your favorite. <laughs> Uh, it's gone from like, yeah, I liked that show. It was actually kind of funny. Like the whole point was like, it's surprisingly funny. I know because it has doesn't have any reputation. Like that's another show that's been forgotten. But I don't think not- it has been forgotten. That I know a number of people our age and younger that enjoy the Golden Girls. Okay, well they're, they're I don't correct know if it's TV so. Land or what, but I think the Golden Girls because I mean Betty White is still culturally relevant. The Golden Girls has had some staying power. All right, fine. So it's my favorite show. You're right. No, no, number nine, Miami Vice. And number 10, a show that does not have staying power, Who's the Boss? Although I do remember it. Sure. All right. On the history front, finishing things out, the S&P 500 is just under 189 at 188.90. Uh, it wasn't a lot in May, but I did my best. May 11th, uh, the FBI brings charges against the suspected heads of the five mafia families in New York City. I could not miss that one. Wow. I, didn't, I have no idea how long, uh, where those charges went or how long any of the trials actually took. I would have thought that would have happened later. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I knew I, they basically crippled the, the mob, right, at some point. Yeah. Like by the mid-90s. Well, the mob I mean, was kind of done. Yeah, you just got it. You just had, you know, the, the like, the, there were still some remnants, but it wasn't anything of what it was once before. <laughs> sure. The seven, the <laughs> have seven, you seen Gotti, by the way? No. You need to see Gotti. Is, is it fun? Is it really fun? It's so bad. But is it fun? Kind of. All right. You I had it on the, I had you it like on, mob movies. Yeah, I had it on the list. I've heard that it's... You like mob movies and you like terrible, terrible movies. It, it will... It's, again, the perfect circle. <laughs> That's my version of Dallas and Dynasty. Yeah, you need to see it. All right. Uh, May 16th, the NBA Rookie of the Year is named. I'm going to let you guess who is the NBA Rookie of the Year. 85, so it would have been 84-85 season. Patrick Ewing. His airness. Michael Jordan was named Rookie Wait. of the Year. His first season was 83-84, I thought. Hopefully okay. hopefully the internet did not lie to me No, I'm this. sure I'm wrong and the internet's right, but I, I, I was off by a year. My, my brain was shifting everything a year. Well, that's all I right. bet Patrick Ewing was the 1986 Rookie of the Year. All right. May, I skipped one. May 15th, uh, an explosive device is sent by the Unabomber uh, and injures John Hauser at UC Berkeley. There were a number of Unabomber things here in uh, 1985. Hmm. Uh, May 23rd, Jimmy Stewart is awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom and promoted to Major General on the retired list. One thing that I didn't know about Jimmy Stewart until not that long ago was that he he served in you know World War II and had a very difficult time. And it being talked into doing It's a Wonderful Life by Frank Capra is what brought him back to acting. He was in a bad place. Uh, oh, that part I didn't know. Yeah. No, he... he I don't think he really wanted to work like at all when he came back from World War II. Yeah. I mean, most of those guys served. It's one of the reasons why John Wayne was notable is the fact that he didn't serve in World War II, and that was like, of all people, like you know, what a hypocrite, basically. Cause yeah. that, that guy he did all these war movies or whatever. Well, and speaking of that, of actually people that did serve, uh, I just watched a documentary on Netflix about Ted Williams, and it's just astonishing, like what that guy. I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but what his numbers would have been. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, he served in two wars. He served in World War II and Korea. Yeah. 
I, I just I can't even imagine what his career numbers would have been. Still, like one of the great, like in oh, terms of numbers, he's even the, missing all those years. Yeah, he's he's probably the greatest pure hitter that baseball ever ever saw. Uh, May twenty seventh, Britain agrees to end colonial rule of Hong Kong in nineteen ninety seven. May 31st, MDMA is, uh, became a Schedule One drug in the United States. And it's crazy to me that drugs like that, one, weren't already a Schedule One oh, yeah. drug, and that marijuana was. Yeah. Well, A, it takes the government a while to catch on. They're not hip to all the new drugs that the kids are doing. <laughs> it's and, true. Yeah. They didn't know Molly, right? The government didn't know Molly. No. All right. New York Times bestseller. Thinner by not Stephen King, but oh, Richard, Richard Bachman. Bachman. I didn't yes. know that was a Bachman book. <laughs> Just I, a Bachman. I thought by that time he had been found out nope. that people had solved the case that Stephen King was Richard Bachman. <laughs> I guess he must have gone. I on didn't couple- realize there was a case. Oh, it was definitely a thing. It was a secret. Uh, did we not go over that when we did Running Man? I know we talked about it. Oh, but. I know it was a secret, but I mean, were people trying to uncover who Richard Bachman was? Well, once. Someone figured it out, and Stephen King was kind of annoyed by it. Like, oh. He didn't want people to know that he was Richard Bachman. So, yeah. Because the, the, the basically, I mean, similar to Ted Williams, but for novelists, it's a similar thing where, like, he became a bestseller under two different pseudonyms, and at the time, nobody knew that, there, there was, that Richard Bachman was Stephen King. So, like, you know, almost equally impressive for that. It's just like, you know. The, I, and I think Thinner was turned into a movie, wasn't it? I don't remember it, though. James Caan, I think? Yeah. Or, I mean, he's in Misery. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of James Caan. He's definitely in Misery. I don't remember if that was him in Thinner. I've never seen it. I so. think it's a TV movie, Thinner. I think you're right. Like the Langoliers. Yes. You know, the, the, the crappy Stephen King <laughs> TV movies. I mean, to be fair, most of the theatrical movies have not been great either. There's I, The Shining, and like that's it. Pretty much. I don't even like it that much. I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen it either. I don't really like the, the, TV, I guess the, movie. the TV movie. Probably late 80s, early 90s maybe that was made. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that great. No, the stand isn't that great. Like None of them are that great. I, I agree. I'm, but I'm also not really a huge fan of his books either, so I've only read a few. I've read a few. I, I've never read The Stand or It, but uh, I, I like Stephen King as a writer. Well, it, the, the remake certainly caught on like wildfire. That's for sure. It was hugely successful. Yeah, I should probably see it. Uh, and then the Billboard 100, We Are the World, USA for Africa. Which, <laughs> the Dan Aykroyd classic. That's always my favorite part of We Are the World, that Dan Aykroyd is one of the singers. <laughs> Here's all the, Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder and like Prince, or I don't know if Prince is there, but like all these, like, you know, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Bob Dylan, like everybody, all the great classic, like incredible I like singers. That you say a Dan Aykroyd classic <laughs> because that's who I think of. That's that's in my mind, Dan Aykroyd is the artist. It's like we are the world dash Dan Aykroyd. It's, in it's my not mind, you would say for Africa, it's no. Ray Stance. <laughs> yeah, because it's so incongruous. How did he get there? What did kind of strings did he pull to get his voice on We Are the World? I don't know. I guess because he think he's Elwood Blues, and you know he's had that's, a couple he's had a couple hit is. records. I guess yeah. as Elwood Blues. So that's maybe what that's, I think it was. Maybe that's why. All right, so that was what uh, what the world was was like in 1985, in May of 1985. Yeah. Well, Rambo would change the world in some ways. It made a big impact. So uh, maybe Rocky IV will get a hint of that. But let's move on to the big picture. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. Big picture, where we discuss the plot of the movie. Yep, pretty straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) This is right up there with some of the most straightforward that we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, it starts with Rambo still in prison from the aftermath of the first movie. 
and Troutman comes to recruit him. I do like the fact that the movie starts with an explosion, so I think it's kind of like a funny, oh, funny visual gag. It absolutely is. <laughs> They're blasting this quarry. Yeah. Yeah, and Troutman just shows up and is like, hey, Rambo, I got a mission for you. And Rambo's like, yep, sounds good to me. Yeah, sounds good. Do we get to win this time? Yeah. I mean, should, should we talk about that now or what? I just, yeah, let's do it. I really, let me be clear. I liked the movie more this time than any other time watching it. Because I, I think I'm more, this movie feels almost the most like a Schwarzenegger movie of any of Ooh. Stallone's. I mean, it, it doesn't have that tongue-in-cheek quality. I mean, this right. movie is very serious. Like, all the Rambo movies are very serious. Um, so it doesn't have that. Although it does have a one-liner, which we'll get to later. Uh, and he says, I'll be back at one point. We'll get to that also. Uh, so, I mean, I like the action, but as a, like I said, like, as a sequel to First Blood, I just wanted some resistance by Rambo. Like, I don't, don't want to go back to Vietnam. Are you yeah, crazy? It, I, 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 it's hard not to feel like it's not a betrayal of what was established in the first movie. Yeah, because it's just like... I'll get you a, pres- a presidential pardon. I'll get you out of this hellhole. Are you interested? And then, like, there's like a second or two of Rambo thinking about it. He's just like, yeah. Like, he almost shrugs. Like, it's not a big deal. He's going back to Vietnam where it's he was still living. <laughs> he was held as a POW and it traumatized yeah. him. And this yeah, movie I mean, has totally forgotten that or is ignoring it. I mean, you don't establish how bad this prison is, although the prison guard I have looks like he might have been Sven from, uh, from, from Arnold's movies. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a. A vibe. It was not hit. It was not Sven. Obviously, he has a Sven vibe. Yeah, I know where you're yeah. coming from. So you don't get an establishment of how bad. I mean, look, they're they're breaking rocks, taking big rocks and turning them into little rocks. Sure, but no matter how bad that prison is, it would be difficult for me to imagine, especially when you then get later you establish what the POW camp looks like. Well, Rambo even says that he says I've seen worse, and Trumpman says, Yeah, I suppose you have. Yeah, so, so it, it's. Thank you. That reinforces it. It's difficult to imagine that he would not at least pause and have to really think. He seems well fed. He's jacked. So, I mean, (laughs) it's true. He's got all the workout equipment he needs. Well, it's workout equipment is that big (laughs) sledgehammer he's just breaking rocks with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just wanted a moment where he's just like, why would I want to do that? They're like, no, I I agree. There should have, there should be some convincing that's needed. Yeah. Or at least pause a beat. He doesn't seem to even really pause a beat. Yeah. And I, I, we talked about it when we covered First Blood, but, you know, I am I am a little suspicious of Troutman in general. So I, I actually would have liked it if it was a little more antagonistic. Just like, all right, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to make sure, you, you know, you get more time or you're going to have an even rougher time in prison. Like, Troutman needs Rambo in this mission, and maybe he would have used some levers to, to get him to do it. I mean, it doesn't go there because Rambo immediately agrees. And what's funny is you said that, and in that in the first Rambo movie, I get the same vibe. In this, it seems to completely undermine that in terms of Troutman being duplicitous. It it seems, yeah, he's, he's on it, Rambo's side, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, to some way, it's a detriment to to the movie and to Troutman a little bit to not have him that question kind of circling through your mind. It, it strips out all the complexity and the nuance of these characters from the first movies, and he's just like. Hero soldier and his commander is his right. his number one ally. It's like it's the Saturday morning cartoon version of Rainbow. Yeah, it's GI Joe, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, they take him to to well, they, they, the staging ground is in Thailand, right? So they they fly to Thailand, and he, they meet Murdoch, who is in charge of this operation. Although I'm never clear whether he's CIA or some it, kind of State Department. What what it, is this deal? He doesn't wear a military uniform, so it's, yeah. He's definitely not military. I think he's supposed to represent 
the man. Yeah, the government and what you know, whatever that, that the f- means. The foundation for law and government. From, yeah, from Knight Rider. I mean, it's it's tough to talk about this movie without getting into the politics of it. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, this movie is a very kind of right wing has a right wing point of view, and I think the most right wing thing about this movie's point of view is. Love America, hate the government. Like, that is basically Rambo's point of view. It's like, it is very much that, you know. And Murdoch, well, is, Murdoch is there to represent, like, the bureaucracy. You're supposed to yell at the TV and say that McGarnacle gets results. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, nowadays, yeah. he would be basically be the deep state. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's Murdoch. So, he's it, kind of a straw man. But, I mean, to, to a degree, you understand where he's coming from. But obviously he's proven to be a liar and he, he betrays Rambo. But anyway, they're going to send Rambo in. To you, take- you feel, for me, since I hadn't seen this before, I'm like, well, all right, Murdoch, you're, you're going to betray Rambo. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm glad that Hannibal Lecter gets the best of you in 1991. That's, that's true. Yeah, we should, we should comment. That Charles Napier is always great. I mean, it's worth, it's worth pointing out yet. They originally wanted to cast Lee Marvin in this part. Ooh, At some point he decided not to do it. So they yeah. got Charles Napier, which I think is a better... I think so too. Char- right. Lee Marvin, Marvin is almost too like iconic and like heroic, like classically heroic. Yeah, he guess, seems more Troutman than he would Murdoch. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would have been more of a surprise to see Lee Marvin betray Rambo, but Charles Napier is the perfect smarmy kind of yeah. bad guy. You kind of like he him, just kind of charming. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, that Coke machine. <laughs> Love the Coke machine. I do too. I, I remember that was a thing that always bugged me in the past. Of just like it's so incongruous. There's a Coke machine, but actually now I re- I understand why it's there. It makes perfect sense. So this is a guy. He's not a military man, like you said. He's got to fly his Coke machine in. He needs the comforts yes. of America. He needs his Coca Cola. I'm surprised he didn't have a McDonald's. Like you know, <laughs> put a McDonald's in his base. I need to make sure I get my Big Macs, you know? <laughs> that's the tone of that whole thing. That's, that's why that Coke machine is there. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. the fact that they open it up, they don't even have it rigged up where you, you know, you just right. press the button. No, no, just keep it where it, it, it's on its hinges. We're just going to open this puppy You up. could very easily just have a cooler with soda in it. But no. <laughs> what a Coke machine. It's the iconography of it that I they need want. to see the Coca-Cola logo to remind myself of America. That's right. It's a little piece of America right here. That's it's right. like uh, the, the toilets, the, the machine that makes the toilets <laughs> spin the other way. <laughs> anyway, they're going to send Rambo... A one-man mission into Vietnam to take pictures because they believe they have intelligence or something that says that there are POWs being this, held being they, held in this particular camp. Yeah, but Rambo's just needs to take pictures. Yeah, I do like Rambo being upset at that. Like it, <laughs> he's already in like one-man army mode. Yeah, just take pictures. I could totally kill everybody. You know, like it, it's it's weird coming off the first movie. I mean, I guess he does. He's a one-man army in that movie, but he he's is, fighting but he, the right, police. But, yeah, he's fighting the police, but he does everything to try and not engage. And all of a sudden, now he spends a little time breaking rocks. Right. And he's just ready to go into war mode immediately. Yeah, he's got this bloodlust immediately. Just like, take pictures. That's nonsense. I, I, need gotta, a, I need a bow and arrow. Yeah. I do like, because they gear him up with all this like high-tech equipment. Bow and arrow is one of them. I do like how he gets a, a gearing up scene. And it's just like... That is very Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I mean, it, to you're, a degree, right, I think... This is a, the closest of all the movies I think we've done so far. Well, to a degree, I think Schwarzenegger movies took... Oh, stole from, from this because yeah, Commando is after yeah, Rambo Two. This is Commando is yes. So I mean, I think Commando is sort of an attempt to take Rambo Two and heighten it to like the nth degree. Well, it's sur- it, yeah, it's the surreal Rambo Two. Yeah, which it makes it better in my <laughs> John opinion. John Matrix is so much more fun. Yeah, 
but yeah, I, I, this came first, and I think that Europe sequence is kind of one of the first. I mean, whatever. I'm sure there are plenty of war movies that did stuff like that. But the thing I love about it is just like knife check, bow and arrow check. Okay, equipment like radar check, camera check. It's like the fact that the camera is part of that gear up sequence just makes me laugh. You know, he pops some film into it. Completely undermines the rest of this tough guy gear. Yeah, it's like the kind of thing you'd see in a parody, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it is like hot shots. Yeah. That actually is what you would expect. Put the bullets in this gun, put the arrows in this bow, put the film in this camera. <laughs> Make sure I've got my little canis- film canister, the one I've done, to put the film in there to get it developed. Should have cleaned the lens. <laughs> anyway. In hot shots, that's what would have happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they drop him into Vietnam and the drop goes badly and presumably he loses all his high-tech equipment because they tell him, like, we're going to send you into the most high-tech equipment, but we well, don't really he, see much of it. Well, and I think it's just it had to establish that he didn't have the camera, too. That's honestly why I think that they had him lose all his stuff. Really? Yeah. Huh. I so didn't then consider he, that because, yeah, you never see the camera again. No, so that's what I thought is I'm like, oh, well, this is, this is how they justify him going on a rampage is that... He can't even complete the mission if he wants to because he doesn't have the gear to complete the mission that he's supposed to. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it never occurred to me. You know, I've probably seen this movie five, six times. never once occurred to me that, yeah, makes total sense because that's why he goes and it's like, well, I need, my mission is to... Somehow he still had the bow and arrow, but whatever. Well, I mean, it was in a different pack or whatever. It's, he still has some of his gear. But yeah, it makes total sense. It's like my, In his mind, his mission is to prove the presence of these POWs. So I'll go get one. So just grab one and drag yes, him along by, the, run for by the wrist. Yeah. It's acknowledged that he's defying orders because he meets his, his contact there, Kobao. I don't know how much we should talk about Kobao. I mean, she's just kind of there to be the love interest and then immediately die. Pretty much. But, I mean, I do want to address the broken English because I, I don't know how it played in 1985, but, you know, 30 years later, 35 years later almost... Does not play well. Oh, it plays terribly. And it's it's I not mean, even like, like you can have a character that speaks broken English, but you have to do it in a way that seems plausible. Whereas this is just like I'm going to remove every third word from in a sentence. Like it doesn't feel real, and so it just feels like a caricature of like yeah, Asian lady. You know what I mean? Like, I eh. I mean it's hard sometimes. You know, movies thirty years ago times were different, but no, it it doesn't hold up well at all. Yeah. And most, was not the right choice. She speaks with an American accent. Right. She's spoken English with an American accent. You're not expendable, Rambo. <laughs> it's like, it's... It's, it's not real, plausible. It's really bad. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's not the actress's fault. You know, Julia Nixon, it's not her fault, but it was, it was just the way a character like this would have been written at the time. Yeah. I, I, whatever. It has aged very badly. Yes. <clears throat> there are other things that haven't aged well. I... I was on board and moving forward with this movie made total sense until, and then the Russians came. Why are the Russians involved in this movie? Well, they're, they're communist allies, you know, the, the Vietnamese and the Russians, you know. I mean, I know why, what the answer is, but talk about shoehorning something in. It's, it's presenting a world, and I, I'm not even remotely up on my Vietnamese history to know how true this is, but it's presenting a world where... You know, Vietnam is essentially a puppet state of the Soviet Union. So, you know, the Vietnamese have captured this American, American. agent. Immediately, the Russians are notified, and they send their men to, to <laughs> interrogate him. I, it's not completely implausible, but I just it took me out of the mood. I mean, I knew why, and I was kind of laughing. I'm like, you want to talk about propaganda? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially <laughs> the music that it plays. 
I, Jerry Goldsmith does the score. He does a great score. He did, he did all the Rambo, the first three Rambo movies. I love the score, but it is kind of comical where, like, <laughs> the Russians arrive and just like, bomb, 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 bomb. Are they marching it's, out of the Kremlin? It's like the Darth Vader theme kicking in. Like, it is, <laughs> it's, there's no nuance to this. It's like, these are bad guys. This is the enemy. Although, to be fair, Stephen Burkov is, like, the main Russian guy. And Stephen Burkov, always amazing. Speaking of Bond, he's he's I, I like him in Octopussy as the as and one of the, speaking of Beverly Hills Cop and, and, as well. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Um, he's he plays a great villain. He does, and I think he is trying to inject some nuance into this character. I think because I really enjoy his interactions with Rambo. Because Rambo, to step back a little bit in the plot, Rambo tries to rescue this POW, and Murdoch, who did not want to find any evidence of POWs for political reasons, tells uh, the, the helicopter to abort and not pick them up. And so Rambo gets captured by the, the Cobra Kai helicopter. Yes, Martin Cove. I meant, uh, I meant to ask you, since Martin Cove is, is in this, are you watching Cobra Kai season two? I have watched Cobra okay. Kai season two. Already watched the whole thing? Yeah, it's like Netflix. They put it all at once. Ah, right, okay. Um, I think it might all be free with ads now, because now YouTube started oh, doing that. Whoa. So I mean, I saw the pilot. You showed me the pilot. The pilot was amazing. It's a, it's a good show. Season two was less good. Oh, okay. I think Martin Cove is not great in cobra kai it's not bad it's he's bringing an element to the show that i don't want gotcha okay um i don't want to spoil anything well that said he gets the orders as you said from murdoch well i like him in this movie because the funny thing about his character because he's the helicopter pilot he's just like on murdoch's team or whatever yeah i don't think martin cove's character does anything wrong like he follows orders that's his biggest you know he 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 seems to kind of like Rambo. He does. Like he, when when well, we'll get there, but like later when they reveal, like oh Rambo, he's okay and he's 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 flying back. He's like he looks super psyched. He's like yeah. He like pumps his fist like good for Rambo. And then he says to Rambo, I'm glad you made it back or good to see you back. Whatever he says, everything he says, I think is totally genuine. But just because he happens to be on Murdoch's team, yeah, he gets I, he well he gets the bad end of. Uh, he gets a, a knee to the crotch. Yeah. Or like a, a rifle butt or something. I think it's a rifle butt to the crotch. But that other guy, I, I don't know, the, the, the blonde pull, guy. That pulls the gun he, on Troutman? He pulls a gun on Troutman. He should be the one getting hit to the nuts. You're right. Martin Cove, I think, is getting a, he's not getting a fair shake. He does abort and leave. He's flying the helicopter and he leaves Rambo. Yeah, but is that his fault? I mean, if Troutman's getting a, pull, a, a gun exactly. pulled on him, that guy's going to pull the gun on him, too. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, he has to follow orders. Otherwise, he's yeah. probably just going to be killed. Uh, so they abandon Rambo, which he is then captured by the Vietnamese. And as we then said, they immediately call the Russians. Oh, yeah. Getting back to Stephen Burkov. I like how Stephen Burkov just like, you and I would be comrades if not for just a twist of fate of being born on opposite sides of the wall. Whatever he says. I like his he's being like this friendly guy, but it's like clearly not not <laughs> genuine at all. It's just some kind of interrogation tactic. But yeah. I, I really like that performance. I'm just like, oh, your government betrayed you. Let me read this readout we intercepted <laughs> actually his delivery i've got it in here is such not interesting names what does he say Hold oh on. colorful right that, such colorful names that line i absolutely love wolf den to lone wolf come in i no, say again abort dragonfly wolf <laughs> den that's right colorful names dragonfly that's right <laughs> wolf den uh, I do like, I think Stephen Burkov is a very good villain. Yeah. It's probably the best villain in the series, aside from maybe Teasel. I mean, Teasel's also, he, I wouldn't even necessarily call him a villain in First Blood. He's just like. Well, he's the antagonist. He's, right? Yeah, he's, he's the guy fighting against Rambo, but 
he's much more like likable and like you, you understand he's not villainous necessarily. Well, that's what I was gonna say is as far as that component, at least the actors, Brian Dennehy, both were interesting and not over just over the top villainous. By the end, Stephen Burkhoff is very yeah. over the top villain. Are you saying he's not either? I guess I I envision these movies having a sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I think you know where I'm going of just yeah. somebody that is over the top villainous and there's you know a final bat I mean there is there is an amazing final sequence between Rambo yeah that was very Schwarzenegger and felt a lot like Commando oh 100% but this movie's taking itself totally seriously there's no tongue in cheek there's no like winking you don't at the think audience. a little bit with Faking, playing possum with a, <laughs> I mean, with the rocket launcher. I mean, that's the way to enjoy this movie is watch it as if it's Commando. But I don't think Stallone is joking. I mean, it's funny and it's it's okay. <laughs> it is silly. Maybe I viewed it through the wrong lens because I'm viewing it through. It's like they can't, that p- part in particular can't be serious. No, you're you're viewing it through the right lens, and it's the lens that I learned to view it through in this viewing. Is why I liked it more this time. <laughs> we'll get there. We're, we're not. There's not much between where we're at and there because you know. But he kills a bunch of guys. Well, he he escapes because Kobao comes and kind of sort of saves him, but not really. She just kind of she's under the floorboards. I mean, I have a question about that, so I'm going to save that for questions. But right. um, with her help, he escapes. He at first they the two of them just get away. They can't get to the POWs or anything. They just right. kind of escape, and they're just going to get to the border, and then. They, she gets killed. Yeah, they they kiss, which kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> but it's like, death. oh, I guess this is a romance, and then yeah, immediately is killed. <laughs> immediately, it's not it, within it, twenty seconds. It's almost played for comedy. Like the timing of it feels like it's an intentional. Again, it feels like something that Charlie Sheen's character yeah, would have like, done. Like it's a spoof because yeah. they kiss, and she's like, okay, let's go, and then like he starts following her, and there's a beat where he's like, oh, I forgot my bow, and he turns around <laughs> to get his bow. <laughs> And You're that's like, when she gets shot because she's out in the open by herself. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's when he kills the, the Vietnamese, like the head guard, which is maybe the greatest action moment ever because <laughs> he's got these explosive arrows, uh, which they do take great pains to set up when he's doing the gear up sequence and there's the box says explosives. It's like, all right, we, obviously that's going to come back. So ridiculous. <laughs> but the guy's shooting at it. It's somehow they ended up one-on-one in this river. Like, no, some, that's later on. Oh, well, what? What happens? Oh, because he chases them away, but the commander's the only one who escapes. The Vietnamese command- commander. Right. And then later you do get it where it, it's totally unexplained how they are just... <laughs> it's it's the Wild West. They are basically at high noon yeah. having a standoff in the middle of the jungle. This guy who has an entire army at his disposal is just wandering around by himself somehow. He shoots at Rambo a couple of times. Rambo pulls out his, his uh, explosive arrows. Rambo's, Rambo's standing... <laughs> completely in the open and this guy can't hit the broadside of a barn with his with his sidearm i think it's like rambo knows he's out of range of that pistol is kind of the idea like he's, Maybe. he's not going to get an accurate shot <laughs> but oh my god the the moment he pulls it is and, and this is after rambo's blown up a bunch of stuff we've already seen what these arrows can do i, I think is the sequence of events oh yeah you have because he, he took out some of the troop carriers he was up on had the high ground and the, you know the troop carriers pull up there's three of them 
yeah. Rambo. You know, the troops are out of him, but he's he is just in the middle of his rampage and just explosion after explosion after explosion. Yeah. He just just he's everything. destroying buildings. He's destroying vehicles with a bow and arrow. Yeah, absolutely. You just want to one talk guy. about amazing. Yeah, just one guy. I mean, obviously, this became the cliche of the one man army that we saw in Commando and elsewhere. But it's just the the, the idea that. Any any realistic movie, you just be like, I just got to hide and run and not engage with these guys at all. He's just like, no, I'm taking the fight to them. I, I like my odds against these hundred guys. <laughs> you know, but you, I, yes, in terms of, and and I guess that was a secondary boss. But if you want to talk about one of the greatest kills of a boss versus a hero, mm-hmm. it has to be there. He literally blows the guy up with a bow and arrow. It's the way the guy winces and like braces himself. That's so funny to me. And I, I, I imagine it's only that way because the mannequin they blew up probably was like stiff and like posed in a particular it, way. It's like, can you wince and kind of match the, the... I'm sure that's why, but the... Oh, just It's so funny. He sees his arrow, his explosive arrow coming at him. He's just like... Hmm! He just kind of like braces himself before he blows up, like totally obliterated, just vaporized. It's amazing. I, just I mean, want to know. I I have it in questions. Can you answer me? How does an arrow that goes through your skin? What is the detonation device? I think it's just on impact, right? It's, it's whatever impact? impacts. Yeah, I think so. He so probably if, like has so to prime. If, it. if Rambo drops one of those, it's just gonna explode. He, he probably has to like prime something when he pulls back the, the bow or something. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't. I doubt that's a real thing. I doubt. Oh, it's <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, explosive arrows. You know, because there's this flimsy. It's like Hawkeye. Well, I, I like. I mean, the bow and arrow it kind of becomes like a Rambo staple. It's like I don't know. Like you think of Rambo as shooting these big M60s and stuff, like big like machine yeah. guns. But like for you, not having seen any of the Rambo movies, do you imagine him shooting a bow and arrow? No, I mean, of course, you know, for me, the bow and arrow. Not that I like the movies really at all. Hunger Games is what is the most recent example of making archery interesting. So that's what I think of. No, I don't sure. think of Rambo, but it's I hadn't seen the movies because this is very much I think in all the, the, the next got, three movies he's got a bow and arrow. He's got bow and arrow sequences like giant knife is what i associate with sure rambo i mean i guess any weaponry of any kind he's he's used it at some point probably he's got a john john matrix couldn't blow people up with a bow and arrow that's what i was about to ask like is there any kill in commando as spectacular i mean he throws a pipe through (laughs) through bennett's uh chests uh, but like it's see, but in the, terms of overkill in terms of like using a weapon like designed to take down like artillery on a single man that's a good question in commando i don't think so there are more fun kills mainly because of the lines delivered by schwarzenegger oh definitely because yeah. i mean let off some steam is what make i mean that in itself i mean the impaling with a pipe Kind of over the top, but it it's the fact that steam goes <laughs> it was sure. going through the pipe. Yeah. So, but no, in terms of the actual firepower used, I don't think so. Not in Commando. No. I mean, you could argue like True Lies, he, the guys on the, hanging on the missile. Yeah, like, that probably is. But no, in Commando, it's it's the lines associated in the irony of you know I lied or whatever with with Sully. There's more fun there. I the closest one. But again, it's not the weaponry. The impaling of um, Bill Duke in Commando is probably the closest, I would say, to overkill. 
Yeah, but that's kind of the opposite. That's using a non-weapon to kill somebody. I know, Whereas but this is using a weapon that's supposed to take down like, I a guess, tank. I guess <laughs> you know what I mean. It's the opposite end of that scale. To you know? kill one guy, yeah, to kill one man. <laughs> so I, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it. This movie, if you can just turn off your brain and be like, all right, Rambo, Wait, blow stuff up. Like it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's well made. It's it's just it's you very. If you if you're going into this to to take it serious, and I it. You're probably right that it is a movie that wanted to be serious and take itself seriously. If you watch it through that lens, no, I don't think it's that good of a movie. But if you watch it through kind of what I took it for is there's a lot of fun in this. Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching this. It's fun in spite of its intention, I think. I think yeah. its intention is to be a serious movie about serious topics, about, you know, the POW situation and like, you know, that to a lot of people was a serious issue when they talk about it in this yeah. movie. Like Murdoch says, like, oh, this is a touchy issue for a lot of people, which was true. So I think this is Stallone's attempt to take on a very serious topic but in the end it's just a silly action movie like yeah it's the only way to really enjoy it yeah. uh anyway yeah there's i mean there's a maiming sequence similar to the first movie which i don't know if it's there's much to talk about there it's just kind of like well people liked this in the first movie let's do it again he put mud he puts mud on himself and yeah uh, well, I, well we we can talk about that i said that he, he somehow learned from Schwarzenegger and Predator. It, it it doesn't make any sense at all how he took that much time to mud himself up. But it's basically it, to me it was like, how many different types of kills can we get in this movie? Is yeah. what that sequence. Really I mean, it was, was just like here's a sequence where he's gonna like sneakily kill guys, and that was just like yeah, what kind of gags can we think up? Yeah. I do think that the those moments work better in this movie than they did in First Blood. So you remember I complained about in First Blood how he like basically dodges a bullet in one moment and. The only one that's really cool is when he takes out uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Miami, whatever TV show. God, what's the guy? The actor's name. He's in uh, not NCIS, something Miami. The, yeah, that show. God damn it, this is not helping. <laughs> I only confused Mike Moore. Yes, I'm totally confused now. <laughs> uh, anyway, he the, the, he like he's hiding in the in the dirt and he comes up and he. Oh, Mames. David Caruso? David Caruso, thank you. You know what show I'm talking about? Because he was on some Miami cop show. It wasn't. He was on NYPD Blue. No, after that. He was? <laughs> yeah. he, oh, it was probably an NCIS, probably. I don't think it's NCIS. Or a CSI. I think it's CSI Miami, yes. That makes sense. The yeah thing is what, it was, it was like a, yeah, because you're not on the internet as much as me, but like it was like, <laughs> it was a meme for a while, because like all, every CSI Miami episode begins with him finding a dead body, and be like, it looks like her life was just cut short, and he like takes off his sunglasses, and then the theme song was uh, The Who, and he goes, yeah! <laughs> I should not know I'll that. show you later. All right. Ready you, uh, so is that good enough for the plot? We ready to move to oh, technology? Oh, no, he can't skip. Well, I mean, he kills Stephen Burkoff in the showdown, which we only touched on. All right. Look, that was probably my favorite part. <laughs> he fakes, like, the, the helicopter crash. I mean, he's playing pie. First of all, he played chicken in Hell. He, you're he, playing, he, I mean, we're taking some of my stuff from later, but you literally, you've got a sequence. He's playing chicken and possum at the same time with a rocket launcher against a helicopter. Yeah, we did skip over a lot of stuff, actually, because he steals... A helicopter. He leaps out of the water like like Jason or something. When a helicopter's chasing him, he takes over that the helicopter. Stephen Burkoff shows up in his own helicopter. Rambo goes to the POW camp, loads all the POWs into the helicopter. There's a chase. He he gets shot. Feigns like he's he's damaged more than he is. Lands the helicopter. Stephen Burkoff's like, ha ha, I got you. And then Rambo's got a rocket launcher and <laughs> blows up Stephen Burkoff. This and the second use in this movie. 
because we skipped over it, but that's that's fine. The second use of a rocket launcher to take out the enemy, because earlier on, when they're betrayed by I don't I don't know if they were Vietnamese pirates, whatever they were, smugglers. Oh right, on the boat the, they're pirates. In there. Okay, pirates. The Vietnamese Navy is chasing them down, just riddles that boat with bullets. But don't worry about it. John Rambo has himself a rocket launcher yeah. and he takes care of the Vietnamese Navy. This rickety boat made out of like straw and wood and he, like, he, he, that thing would have sunk immediately <laughs> full of bullets. I was anyway. just saying after like the fourth or fifth bullet it took it'd be that thing would be taken on water. Yeah, um, But I don't want to skip let's skip back to the end where Rambo rescues all these POWs and goes back to the base. We can't skip the last sequence in the base because Rambo comes in and he knees Martin Cove in the crotch and then shoots up the, the base because he's angry at, at Murdoch. He, yeah, he teaches the HAL 9000 a lesson. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily like, I hate these computers. I, like, it doesn't no. have that tone of like, I'm, I only need my wits. I don't need this. He, he loses his gadgets. Like, I don't no, I don't think it's that. I think it's the message is that this is what this bureaucrat Murdoch uses. Right. So I'll show him. I'll destroy his stuff is basically it's what, what it is. represents. It's, yeah. this, it's literally the machine. Because like they, he's destroying yeah. the machine. Because they couldn't have him kill. I, I think for it to be the propaganda movie that it was, you can't have him kill Murdoch. Oh, definitely not. Right. And he says, like, there's more men out there. You better find them. And then, and then yeah, he slams his knife down. And then Rambo gives a big, big speech at the end. Should we save that conversation for later? Yeah, let's, let's do it at the end. Because I remember us talking about in First Blood. I, I distinctly remember this moment where you were like, I can't imagine any of the other Rambo movies have a scene like this where Rambo breaks down and cries and has a real like emotional moment. I think I said, Rambo 2 thinks it has a scene like that. No, it <laughs> no, it's not even close. No, not. Um, but I think Stallone thinks this is a big emotional moment. It's not. I want what they want. What any guy has spilled his guts wants. Like he's he's really going for it in that moment. He is, and <laughs> it doesn't land. No, it doesn't land at all. I think that is one of the. I mean, Stallone admitted in that that, that interview I read earlier. Like eyes rolling back in your head is correct. It's not necessarily that the sentiment is like bad or whatever. It's just like what an overwritten, overblown. I'm gonna make a speech. I'm Rambo. It's like Rambo doesn't even talk. And suddenly he's like pontificating. <laughs> right. anyway, that's that's why it's weird. Should we move on? Yeah, time for the technology. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? So this is the segment where we discuss how technology advances may have changed the outcome, plot of the movie, or certain scenes uh, if it were made today. So I'll I'm going to lead off on this one and just start right at the top. Okay, that the entire Murdoch concept is completely undermined by technology today. There's no need to send a soldier to take pictures in any way, shape, or form. You just send drones. Plain and simple. I don't know if you can send drones into like sovereign territory. Like the 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 Vietnamese military would shoot it down before it even gets close, I would think. It's small Their drones. radar would pick it up. No. I, I don't know if that's... The, this entire movie... Well, one, you'd be able to probably do it via satellite, but even if you couldn't do it via satellite, they'd be able to get drones. There. I guess like high-altitude spy drones or yeah. whatever... Yeah, and I guess like heat imaging, you got that stuff. All that stuff, you know, like the kind of stuff. There, you'd there see would be in no games. no reason to send John Rambo in. Yeah, I guess so. Well, the idea is Murdoch wants to look like he's looking for POWs and not actually true. finds. So I wonder if, like, how would that work if you made this movie today? It's like, how would he do that? How would he go about pretending or just going through the motions of 
They'd, saying, oh, I looked and there's nobody there. They'd use from Escape Plan 2 the algorithm to override the drones to make it seem like there wasn't anybody there. <laughs> okay. Just reprogram the drone, basically. Yeah, that's what algorithms do. They, they do magic. He does say he's like a, basically a programmer because like Troutman at some point they're arguing. He's like, if, if you had found something, you would, have delete, you would have thrown away the photos and all that would have known, the only one who would have known was your computers and you can reprogram that. <laughs> it's like, oh, he can, he's a programmer? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. Uh, he's, he's more than a bureaucrat. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, technology section, I, I ran out of time and so I don't have anything here, but I, <laughs> I, I was trying to think about. Uh, Sorry, I've actually got a few more. So well, I, th- I think the one major thing, you know, obviously the, the POW MIA issue was, you know, very specific to this time and place. I think nowadays, especially like you know, wars of the last twenty years are mostly against non-state actors yep. who don't follow the Geneva Convention. So it's like POWs are almost not a thing you hear about anymore when it comes to like warfare. Well, I, I, unfortunately, because it's just you, like, but you have hostages. I mean, yeah, exactly. You, you will have you know, doctors without borders, etc. I mean, you will have hostages stationed, but you're right. It's a, that, that's a very different thing, a hostage versus a prisoner yeah. of war. Like, prisoners of war are supposed to be treated in a particular way, whereas hostages are obviously just a free-for-all, and yep. it's, it's much more gruesome and violent. So it's like, that was the, unfortunately the thing my mind went to, of just like, a movie about POWs, it's like, it's, it's, hard, it's, it's a terrible thing to say of like, oh, the world is almost kind of, the existence of POWs is almost a signifier of like a better world, even though it's awful. Like, yeah, obviously being a POW was a horrible thing and was terrible, but at least there were like rules and not, right. they weren't just hostages or weren't just being like executed. You know yep. what I mean? Which is unfortunately the world I think we live in. It has devolved even war, warfare. Unfortunately, somehow has managed to devolve even further. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, you don't think about it until you start like, Oh, POWs. Like when's the last time? It's a, it's a concept that doesn't, hasn't yeah. really existed. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Decades. But I think it's true. All right, well, I've still got a couple of others here on the technology front. So yeah, go for it. At some point, Murdoch outlines that, Computer simulations were run to determine which soldier would be best suited for this mission. Yeah. That's completely nonsensical. And let's just say if computers were going to be used for anything, and today they certainly would, it'd be to plan what the mission actually would be and plan routes and a whole host of things related to the mission. Well, you can assume that they did that, too. These computers... He, d- he does not say that. They are just sending John Rambo to take pictures. You, this isn't devil's advocate. You don't have to defend this. That's true. <laughs> I guess so. I'm just saying, you know, this was this movie is made at a time when like the average movie going audience isn't that familiar with computers, so they could still be like, it's a computer. It can basically do anything. You know what I mean? Like it, it can, but it's, it's like, easy to fudge it in the '80s. Well, all I'm saying is today it would be used for what computers should be used for is running simulations and how best can we. Complete this mission, not which soldier is the best one to send in. That's a joke. What did he run a bunch of pictures and oh, this one's got fifty eight kills. It's ridiculous. Did he say simulations? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I assume what he meant there is that I'm I know I'm sorry I'm playing devil's advocate. Just- Computers would not be used to determine what soldier would be successful in completing the mission. That's what they ran and used the computers for. Which soldier was the best candidate to complete the mission? But don't you think it's the sort of thing where because Tra- Troutman says like Rambo, you know that terrain better than anybody. And don't you think that was what the, that's the data that the computer is basing it on? It's like, okay, what soldiers that served in Vietnam served in this maybe, area? Maybe. Who would know the terrain? Who would know this region of Vietnam? E- either way, today it would be used for, the computers would be used for much more than just determining John Rambo is the best soldier. To oh, say. definitely. That's, so, you know, that was just all they could do at the time. And let's, let's take it one step further on my last one on technology. If it was made today, you didn't need, you wouldn't need some, 
little film you're putting in a can. He would just have body. He'd have a body camera, and it would just be on him, and it couldn't be lost right. when he's jumping out of the plane and get hung up, and they got to cut him loose. It'd be yeah. a body camera. It would probably have multiple body cameras from all different angles, and everybody would know what was going on with, uh, during the mission 100% of the time. Yeah, they would probably still give him like a camera with a telephoto lens so you can get shots from far away. Maybe, well, my point is... A body camera is not going to pick up much other than like 40, 50 feet in front of you. You're right. What the, I guess the point is is that he would still have some sort of imaging device on him, even if he had lost the long-range camera sure. today. So, well, also, yeah, a, a camera with a long lens, you probably fit it in your pocket at this point. Like, you know, oh, like, uh, the, the camera in one pocket, the lens in the other, yeah. like a telephoto lens. Like, yeah. So. yeah, that's definitely true. All right, so that's what I had for technology. All right, let's move on to little details. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. I gotta say, technology is always a segment that I do last, so when, like... <laughs> Because we're recording this, like... Because it was my idea. No, it's not necessarily, <laughs> but... This, this, this segment, I think, we'll have to retool it a little bit in the off-season. Oh, all right. Wow. All right, little details. I'm getting cut. <laughs> it's nobody's segment. It's just, you know... All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's, let's refocus here. Yeah, little, details, little details. The segment where we focus on minutiae that we found interesting in the movie. Yeah, I have to start with an important one. The ending of this movie, there's a song, Peace in Our Time. Oh, wait, no. What is it? It's not uh, good, whatever it is. What's the name of this song? How did I not write down the piece, the, the, the name of this song? It's Peace in Our Time, I think. <laughs> Where is it? I didn't write down the title. Something like that. Peace in Our Time, Peace it's, in Our Life. It's not good. Yeah. Did you, did you just say who it was by? No, I didn't. I oh, just I, said. I, I, I thought was, maybe you did. You're the music guy, so well, I'll let you handle it. It's component. an important person. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. <laughs> I did not realize. We have not had very many of those. It's good to get another one in. Yeah. I mean, and, and the next uh, Rocky Four is one of the few Rockies that does not have a Frank Stallone appearance, so I'm glad we're getting it in here. Yeah. yeah an- it's not an- a good song. Another, even worse than, uh, you know, the, the First Blood song. I'm drawing a blank on how that one goes, but this this one. Oh wait a minute! Remember I'm gonna, the call. I'm going to do my Keen doing the song for the end of the first Rambo, which I even tore. It's a long. Come on, I'll do it. Long road. It's a long road. So and you're on your own. So that's not the right key. It's like every Stallone movie has a song that just does not make sense I, for the credits. Yeah, a lot of them. The, uh, Rambo movies in particular. I don't remember like, if Rambo 4 does, but I'm pretty sure Rambo 3 does. Demolition Man, The that's Specialist, just, all of them. Yeah, Demolition Man's a little different because... Mo- like, the, I know they're selling soundtracks at that point, but... Well, yeah, but also like... I think in particular, it's like the dopey ballad is, is the kind of like all so many Stallone movies end with this really like incongruous, sappy ballad. And this is no different. I mean, this is, you know, Frank Stallone singing about patriotism, which is extra weird. It's like, I don't know. I do. I have the lyrics here. I wrote down the lyrics, which I don't know. If, <laughs> Let's hear them. <laughs> well, I'm just going to read them because they don't make any sense. We gave our hearts. We gave it all flame in the fire burns forevermore. The sorrow in believing, honor and truth, gray spires climbing, wrapped around our youth. <laughs> That's gibberish. Are you serious? Yeah. Anyway, it's a bad song. It is not a good song. All right, so I'm going to start mid, somewhat mid, not midway through the movie, maybe a third of the way through. I just got to get it there right up front. I got hung up. Take that, Arnold. I know. <laughs> He's got a zinger. And this more or less predates, I mean, it, it's... 
a year after the Terminator. Yeah, I, and that, that really was have... an no. That was an accidental. That was not written to be <laughs> tongue in cheek. No, I think that's an intentional joke. I don't necessarily. I'll be back. No. Oh, 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 in the Terminator. Yeah, the Terminator was. Um, I, right. I'm saying is yeah, is it, not intended. It doesn't have intentional quips. No, and I, and Conan the Barbarian doesn't really have quips. Like the, the Arnold quip machine hadn't started. It hadn't spooled up yet. No, so it's not even like this is Stallone trying to keep up. Like this is maybe the first between the two of them. This is the, the first of the action movie quips. I got and hung it's up. Rambo of all people. Yeah, I got it, hung up. It doesn't fit the feel it doesn't fit the feel of a serious movie if this was supposed to be commando 100 percent fits yeah but he doesn't deliver it like it's a one-liner he just it's it's kind of downplayed i mean i guess you, it's rambo so you can't be like i got hung up you know like he obviously is going to downplay it because it's rambo but arnold would have pulled it off better but it's fine for what it is yeah yeah and, and when does he say i'll be back at some point Stallone says, I don't think it's a reference at all, but he says, I'll be back. He tells the POWs, right? Yeah. Like, I'll be back. I'll come back for you. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, he said, I'll be back. Weird. <laughs> I doubt it's a reference to the Terminator or anything. I like can't that. imagine that was the case. It just happened to be a thing he said. Yep. All right. You want to go over Rambo's bio, which I think is the first time we get this? Yeah. Let's go over this because I, I was not happy with how Murdoch basically glosses over his the the, the choice and maybe it was probably a, an intentional choice for the character, but he effectively says, "Oh yeah, you you're a pretty good soldier." Is is the way the delivery is? He's a Medal of Honor recipient. Yeah, let's run through. Born July sixth, nineteen forty seven, of Indian German descent, joined Army eight six sixty four at age seventeen. Apparently, <laughs> based on those dates, fifty nine confirmed kills, two silver stars, four bronze stars. Four Purple Hearts, Distinguished Servants Cross, and the Medal of Honor. It's like the most decorated you would oh, think. Oh, yeah. He would be... He's Captain America, basically. Right. How how this guy ended up wandering the Pacific Northwest rather than right. being like a general or by then. Or, I or mean, if nothing else, a, a propaganda machine. And so, you know, speaking yeah. of Captain America, I mean, if, right. if you're... Now, that said, the Vietnam War is not one that was necessarily well-received. That was part yeah. of what that movie was about. 100%. But it infuriated me that Murdoch just, oh, yeah, you're a pretty good soldier. He, again, he's received the Medal of Honor. Yeah, I mean, it really Even lays... if you're a bureaucrat, you should, you should be in awe of somebody that is that distinguished of a soldier. I mean, I, you can kind of read into it. In hindsight, you can read into it a little bit of an annoyance. of just like, oh, Troutman got this guy who's so good. And I, I, want, <laughs> I didn't want someone this competent on this. I, the whole purpose is for this to not and find this, it. This enough. mission needs to fail. Yeah. And he's got me. You brought me Captain America. Well, not fail, but he wants the guy to come back with no record of any POW. So he can well, go, back, go back to Congress or whatever and yeah, be like, but, oh. well, no, it's not a failure. It's, he has a very specific outcome in mind. His idea of success is sending someone in to take photos of an empty POW camp. So that he can go back to Congress and tell him no one's there, or whoever he needs to go back to. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, he doesn't want the guy to die. He wants the no. guy to come back with very specific kind of photos. You're right, I, and I didn't mean that that he wa- that he wanted the mission to be a failure where John Rambo dies. He wants a soldier that's gonna eh, right just do the bare minimum. He didn't want a guy who's gonna go above and beyond and drag a POW to the helicopter. Right, so really what he wanted is somebody who just wanted their sentence reduced and not even just be corrupt enough to not even go out and look. Right. Just to be willing to say, yeah, I went out and looked and there's nobody there. Yeah, it's, you almost get the sense that 
if Troutman hadn't been involved, Murdoch would have gotten one of his own guys. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like Martin Cove would have gone in. He would have yes. just told him, like, hey, make sure you get photos or nobody's, you know, yeah. get some photos of an empty PW camp. Well, when they're out, you know, out doing something somewhere that's not in the camp, make sure you take the pictures then and we're good. Yeah. It's almost weird that those guys are there, Martin Cove and the blonde guy. It's like, what is their, why are they even there? They don't do anything. I mean, he flies a helicopter, I guess. One but. flies a helicopter, the other gets the coke. That's true. <laughs> He's the dedicated Coke retriever. It's the Coke. Yeah, he's literally a gopher. All right, so I before I got hung up, I just want to say it's established that not even snakes can sneak up on John Rambo because he just turns around, grabs a snake. Oh, no, not really a threat here. And just lets the snake go. Yeah. That's how badass John Rambo is. I mean, it's effective to show that he knows the environment. Like He's got the sixth sense of, you know. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Isn't there something similar in First Blood when he's in the the, the mines? Doesn't he get it? Oh, bats. There's bats, right? Or no, that was in the book. Maybe that, was, that wasn't in the movie. Yeah. I'm getting the book and the movie mixed up now. Well, I, I did not read the novelization of First Blood Part 2, which was written by David Morrell, who wrote First Blood. Um, I was reading an interview with him saying, like, yeah, I just did it for money. Like, because Rambo, <laughs> Rambo dies in First Blood, the book, and so it's like, well, how are you going to make a, write another Rambo book? Rambo died. He's like, ah, whatever. I don't care. I'll just say he, he's alive now. I'll write a couple of lines of dialogue. No, I don't think he even justifies it. It's just like... Rambo's just alive. The second Rambo book is a sequel to the first Rambo movie. <laughs> like, it's not a sequel to the book at all. You know what I mean? Like, he, he like, basically just, he just did it to catch a check. Um, but I, I did not read that. I went okay. like, you know what? This is not a real novel. It's a novelization. Well, it's it's established. Even snakes don't sneak up on John Rambo. Yeah. I do have a note here saying Rambo gives a snake a disapproving look. <laughs> I don't know. Something about his look must have made you're, me laugh. At the- no, you're right. I, I remember the Stallone's face. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's an absolutely solid note. I don't even remember what it looked like. and yeah, It's been like a week since I watched it. Uh Okay, let's talk about Rambo's metaphor when talking about what it means to be expendable. <laughs> goes, oh, I don't know if I remember the metaphor. Because he's talking to Kobao, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm expendable. And she goes, she goes, what mean expendable? And he goes, well, it's like uh, someone invited you oh, to a party. party, and you don't show up. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> what? <laughs> How is that a metaphor for being expendable? You're being ki- you're being sent into a no-win situation to die by your government. You're being invited to a party, and no one really cares if you show up. Those don't seem equivalent. Those don't seem like there's any correlation at all. I understood what he was driving at, but you're right. It is not really a good metaphor. It's like someone inviting you to a party. He He's confusing expendable with irrelevant. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's the opposite of irre- irre- irrelevant because... They need you to accomplish something, and then they don't care if you die. That's expendable. Yes. But you're still important. Like, you still it, need to do something. His metaphor is irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he... It seems like he's someone who's never been invited to a party ever. <laughs> John, I don't think you know how parties when, actually... When would he have been invited to a party? Because he gets back from Vietnam, just starts wandering the Pacific Northwest, and then he's arrested oh, and, and you're in prison. Right. You said that he joined the military at age 17. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, maybe in like high school. Yeah, that would be, be the only way. Junior high or high school, he would have gone to a party. He seems like he'd be a blast at parties. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, literally, I suppose. Uh, I mean, either, either he would be awful and just like super intense and freaking everyone out, or he'd be like the guy the in the life. background blowing stuff up. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So the next one I've got is when, when John Rambo jumps off a boat 
it's like he has a diving board because he can almost do a triple Lindy when he jumps off that boat. Oh, yeah. He's got to get away from the boat, right? Because it's getting yeah, shot up I'm, or whatever. I'm pretty sure you can see the actual diving board that <laughs> the stump man drops, jumps off. It's going to explode, right? He's got to get away from it. Yeah. Doesn't that explode as he jumps off? Yes, I'm just saying that when you jump off a boat, you do not careen yourself like 30 feet up into the oh, air. Oh, I see. There's too much spring in it. Yes, okay. it's like he's off of a diving board. But then, again, I, I don't like the choice of the broken English. I think it's totally inappropriate even for the time, but the fact that she just yells, you made it, Rambo! <laughs> I also have a note about that. <laughs> so funny. Whose benefit is that for? He knows he made it. So there's nobody else there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really corny. So corny. And the music is swelling. Yes. Uh, I yeah, mean, I, that's, that's the line is for the audience, but it makes no sense because John Rambo knows that he made it. Yeah, it's just to give the audience a moment to cheer. Yes. <laughs> Right, yeah, ahead. that that is a very funny moment. You made it, Rambo. <laughs> I mean, she should have been like everything he ever does. You know, just reinforce it for the audience. They escape from the PW. You escaped, Rambo. <laughs> you killed that guy, Rambo. Just you, the cheering, cheering. You section. destroyed that, Rambo. <laughs> I mean, by the time he's really wrecking stuff, she's dead. Like when yeah, he's shooting right. all the arrows and blowing up helicopters, she is gone. She doesn't get a chance to cheer that stuff on. Uh, all right. What else do I have? I have a note I don't understand. This note just says, guard walks around the POW camp like Leslie Nielsen walks around the prop wall in Naked Gun. Oh, remember Naked Gun where he walks around the wall like yeah. the, in, in like the, the lab or whatever? Yeah. There's a moment where there's like a gate. Because it's where, oh. it's where Kobao like, disguises as a prostitute and goes in. Yep. There's a gate, and on one side of the gate is, like, is a fence, and on the other side, there's nothing. And so he just walks around the gate. It's a totally pointless <laughs> it's gate. It's the worthless gate. This is a POW camp. You'd think this would be secure. You could just walk right around the gate. It really uh, defeats the purpose of know, a gate. It wasn't until after I read the note that I remember what that was about. But yes. All right. So one of the things I want to say, actually not on the funny side, but some of the, the stunts actually in this movie are are pretty impressive in particular you've got some of the ones running in the jungle and some of them actually where they're not running that fast but you've got the vietnamese leader just when if you've ever hiked on rocks that are slippery in the least bit it you can take a pretty nasty spill really easily oh yeah they're they're moving fairly quickly and i think that those are the actors not necessarily stunt doubles and then when rambo is Making the escape uh, with oh, what's her name? Uh, you've said it, Kobao. Kobao. When, when they're sliding down that hill, that's those are like real stunts and pretty impressive. Oh yeah, you can very easily you know get seriously hurt like doing that. I slid down hills like that, not intentionally, and it can really hurt. I mean, that's kind of what you're coming to a Rambo movie for is to watch Sylvester Stallone clamber around yeah. on things. You know, like the first movie is like fifty percent Stallone climbing on rocks. So, you know, it's kind of what, yes, you want things to blow up, but it's also, you know, Stallone running through nature. That's, that's part of the appeal. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about that main POW. I think that actor is actually really good considering the little screen time and like the, you know, it's he gets to man that gun a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's fun. He gets, he gets on the body count in particular though. Uh, I, I really like the moment where he learns what year it is. I just made a note feeling like that's really a well done like just that shot of him like coming to grips with how long it's been like oh, it's 1985 and he just cut to him and he just he just looks off in the distance yeah. and is like haunted by it I just wanted to call out that actor because that's fair he could have just been a guy who was just running around behind Rambo you know but uh, they give him a moment which is something the movie didn't need to do and he takes advantage yeah I mean I, it's it's 
the movie in most situations kind of treats these POWs like a prop. They're just there to be saved by Rambo. It's it's the MacGuffin, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like there should have been more moments like that of like, you know, sympathy for these guys. Obviously, you know, this is ostensibly what this movie is about. Most of the time, the movie doesn't care about them. So I'm glad at least there's one moment where the POW got to like have an acting moment and then well, yeah, and, and feel be, sorry for him. Right, be a person rather than a prop. Because yes. most of it is, oh, let's have rats crawling on them, right? And all this stuff. Oh, is, I know. Yeah, it, whatever. That's That moment where they introduce, where we first see the POWs, multiple close-ups of the animals, the rats, and like a spider, I guess. Like, there's a couple. There's a tarantula. Yeah, a tarantula. Yeah, I think I've got it later in my notes. More close-ups of the, the animals than of the POWs. Yeah. Like, this is kind of a movie that doesn't care about them until, unless, except for that one moment. But, Pretty much is it. It's it's it. They feel you like you get it a little bit like their sense of relief when they finally land back at the base. You get a little bit of a moment, but yeah. that's about it. And when they first take off too, and they're like, "Hey, we made it!" They kind of look at each other, and yeah, that's that's a nice moment too. Yeah. Just not enough, not enough moments like that. They it, it makes them feel like props, which is which undermines the what I think this movie is trying to do, which yeah. is to make raise awareness about POWs, etc. It's like, uh, you know, I mean, this is. <laughs> Prime, like, big-headed Stallone territory. This is the, the you know, R- Rocky IV, Rocky, same year. Rocky's about to this, solve the Cold War. This is Stallone at the height of his... his like, Golden God. Yeah, exactly. Like, his arrogant years. So it makes sense that he wrote a screenplay that is way more concerned about Rambo. Like, look what Rambo's accomplishing. It doesn't care about the POWs. Yeah. Uh, so one that I noticed that it's just was so over the top, that satchel donated by the people of the United States. <laughs> I noticed that too. Talk about in your face. Yeah, that's, that's not very subtle, like political at messaging. All. Oh, not at all. It reminded me of, uh, have you ever seen uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch? This must have been 92. It was when Clinton was running for president and it was, uh, um, um, oh God! From the, the Simpsons, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, yeah, he, playing he, playing Clinton. I loved him playing Bill Clinton. And it was like he was out for a jog and like talking to people. And the oh, he goes to McDonald's. He goes to McDonald's. Oh, it's out. That's one of the <laughs> best political skits that show ever did. I'm glad you remember that sketch because he's talking about. Oh, like, you gotta finish those fries. I mean, he is just eating everybody's food. But he's using the fries as a metaphor. As just he just wants to eat the fries. But he's pretending like let's say this is aid to some African country, and you yes. want you want this to get to the people. What happens? Intercepted by a warlord, he just eats it. Yes, it's absolutely <laughs> that scene in. Uh, Rambo 2 made me think of that sketch because that's what's happening here. It's obviously like yeah. some well-meaning people probably donating food to the Vietnamese, you know, yeah. and then the Vietnamese government's just taking <laughs> it and, you know, using it to feed their guards. I love that that brought you to that skit because it is great because for those that, you know, are listening might not know and or remember is that the Clinton campaign was showing, oh, you know how he's engaged and running and trying to be healthy, but there were so many examples of him constantly eating at McDonald's, <laughs> right. completely undermining yeah. that idea. That was the, the whole point of the sketch. Yeah, that, I'm up for a run. I'm here to show you how, how vital and healthy I am, and he just goes into McDonald's. You going to finish those fries? Yeah, he's, he's just eating everybody's food. <laughs> right. anyway. Oh, well. All right. I don't have much more, though, because we, we covered a lot of them. The Dragonfly Wolf Den, <laughs> we already covered that, was yeah. outstanding. Well, let's ta- Such <laughs> colorful names. Well, let's talk about that scene a little more, because the, the Russian uh, officer convinces Rambo to call in. To what end, I'm not entirely sure. Like, he just wants to like warn them, like, don't send anyone else in. We're going to, you know, essentially, he just wants Rambo to tell his superiors, like, that was bad what you did. Shame, shame. Like, there's no real, like... 
He's not trying to get any intelligence. Or Do you like, think so? Because what I took that, and maybe I misinterpreted, I thought that he wanted to reveal that there were people there and draw more Americans in to, to basically ambush them. That's what I thought why they wanted him to, to call their to call back to his base. I mean, Stephen Burkoff tells Rambo, I don't remember that character's name, he's just Stephen Burkoff. Yeah. I'm not even sure if you get it. No, he, he, you do. He tells Rambo, do you have it? Yeah, no. Eh, it doesn't matter. He tells Rambo to tell his superior officer if they send anybody else in, you know, they'll, they'll suffer the same fate or oh, he may even right. threaten Rambo like we'll kill your men or, you know, whatever. All right. Um, but um, anyway, Rambo agrees to call <laughs> and... We didn't talk about it. It's one of the most iconic moments in this movie where he calls and Murdoch's just like, Rambo, where are you? Tell us your position. We'll come get you. And Rambo's like, Murdoch, Murdoch I'm coming to get you. And then lightning bolt. <laughs> but the best, my favorite part. You got to get the delivery to. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. The focus, the emphasis is on you. Yeah. I'm coming to get you. But the funniest part of it, and that's, that's when Rambo escapes. But the funny part, he, he says, I'm coming to get you. They could have just had Rambo escape and never cut back to Murdoch, but they do. He says, I'm coming to get you. Cut back to Murdoch, who looks terrified. <laughs> I <laughs> love... I, I, Charles Napier gives the funniest, most like sincere reaction. This guy, Rambo, is a POW. He's being held as a prisoner of war in, in a Vietnamese camp 100 miles away, probably, however far it is from Thailand to, to Vietnam. He's terrified. He was like, oh my god, Like he should not be frightened. He's there's, there's no threat to you directly, but that's who Murdoch John, right, is that's so who afraid John of Rambo. Rambo is. I mean, it makes sense considering his reputation and all his, you know, his, his Medal of Freedom, etc. I love the reaction shot of Murdoch. It just makes me laugh. I, it's, I, it's so good. I agree. <laughs> you got any others on the little details? I don't know if I have much else. Little details. Um, Martin Cove is playing with a little toy helicopter in one scene. I thought that. Oh, was kinda, I missed that. Kind of funny. It's one of those scenes that cut back to the base a lot, and yeah. there's just like a lot of arguing between you know Troutman and Murdoch, um, you know. But it's not really it doesn't amount to much. I don't know if it's you can go so far as to say they're they're Zeus's of the movie. I wanted to, but no, they're obviously involved in the plot. Yeah, yeah. but for a lot of the movie, they're just kind of like sitting around talking about what's happening, which is in the ballpark. Um, but anyway, one shot, one one of those times where they're arguing, and then over the, the side, Martin Cove just like <laughs> playing with a toy helicopter. It's it's kind of in the background, but um, oh, and then my last note. Do you remember in Hot Shots Part Two when Charlie Sheen uses a chicken as an arrow? Oh, yeah, bow and absolutely. Arrow? I think it's kind of funny, and I remember, I, maybe this is intentional oh, connection. Yeah, that Rambo uses a chicken as a weapon in this movie. You're right. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, that, I, I think Hot absolutely was referencing that. That's a sequence I didn't remember at all. There's like a, he's running through like a Vietnamese town. Yeah, which first of all, a I'm village like, or whatever. Yeah, it's a village. But uh, I'm, I'm like, geez, Rambo just. You know, endanger all these people. Oh, he absolutely is. It's uh, totally reckless. Um, but then he like stops and he sees a chicken and there's like a close up of the chicken, like dramatic close up. I was watching, going like, I don't remember this at all. What's going to happen with this chicken? <laughs> then he like kills the chicken and leaves a trail of blood. Now, now that we're talking about this out loud, maybe that's really the history of at least I have chicken in Leroy Jenkins. Maybe it's a <laughs> reference to John Rambo. Sure. That was what Leroy Jenkins' plan was, is to use chicken blood to kill the monster or whatever, the uh, World of Warcraft. I don't know if that was his plan, but I know at least he's got chicken. <laughs> at least he has chicken. Well, at least Rambo has chicken. He leads them into a field with a trail of blood and then sets them all on fire. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that sequence at all. I was kind of like... John Rambo is merciless. Yeah, it was kind of shocking. I was like, that's pretty brutal, even for yes. Rambo. 
It's worse than the bow and arrow blowing up a guy. Yeah, that's a quick death. That that, that Vietnamese commander died in an instant. Those dudes who got burned with chicken fire, they they they, they died a slow. There's your death. episode title right there: burned with chicken fire. <laughs> I don't like to don't see not, by saying it you're making it less likely to be true. Oh, I, don't, I don't like to use right. things we said. All right, let's move on to questions. Jerkarius, yes. All right. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All Did right. you say Dracarys just uh, dr- now? Yeah, absolutely. Chicken fire. <laughs> so the chicken is the dragon. It's like I don't burning. know. There's some kind of fantasy Rambo version. Anyway. Yes. All right. So the devil's advocate where we ask each other questions and do our best to answer them as best as we can. Okay. You want to lead off or should I? I'll lead off. My question is related to how bad a sequel to First Blood this is. Okay. Murdoch has all of Rambo's like file, all of his history, his military history. He knows everything. He's reading off his file. That's right. Is the fact that Rambo blew up an entire Pacific Northwest town not in that file? Is this not a concern to Murdoch <laughs> at all? Psychological Ooh. evaluation? Like, did they not do any psych, psych evaluation at all? <laughs> he blew up a town! This is the man I want. No, hold on. All of the references that I think in that background in history that you rattled off, and that Murdoch rattled off, that is his military history. Right. I think... Either somebody didn't give him the other pages, which is what he did in his civilian life, or he just decided, no, I, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see this. I, I guess what I'm going to get at is that he only was looking on the military history. Sure. He had no records of his civilian life. Troutman just made sure those uh, that part, the pages were right in the shredder. But it's, it's like interviewing for a job. It's like, you know, when, when there's a it's gap a, in your employment history, yes. people are going to ask, what happened here? No, it's not. <laughs> what did you do after, after you left the military? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Troutman was clearly trying to stack the deck because he wanted to get John's prison time reduced. Sure. So I think he destroyed that little bit of history on his resume that didn't bode very well. I mean, you would think that would have made the news. You'd think people would know who Rambo is. I wouldn't is. think. I know that it would have made the <laughs> yeah. news. He basically destroyed a police force. Yes. Anyway. All uh, right. The, the movie wants you to forget that Rambo did that, basically. Yes. <laughs> like the, the movie's been like, no, no, no. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about that. Any of that. Rambo's no. a good guy. He didn't blow up a whole town of American. You know, he didn't come this close to killing a sheriff. Right. All right, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Murdoch here, and here's what I want to know is, so we establish they've set up this computer. He's got this. I it looks like a warehouse in Thailand. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is what's in all the boxes in that command center that Murdoch he's got it set up because it seems to me like it's a fully functioning warehouse and not a covert command center. We already established it as a coke machine, but there are boxes everywhere. Is he like running a front? I- <laughs> I mean, they just haven't finished unpacking yet. It's like they 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 brought all they, you know. You'd better to bring extra and not need it. I guess. All right. I like that the Coke machine was the priority. There's oh, something didn't get unpacked, regardless of what's in. Who knows what's in those boxes? But something didn't get unpacked. That Coke machine got set up immediately. <laughs> Maybe they shipped out a bunch of different vending machines, and then it's like I only want the Coke machine. You know, it's I like don't need Seven Up and Dr what, Pepper. Well, there's like one of the chips and things. It's like I, oh, I, 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 I got. You. I don't need those. Yeah, don't worry about I, that. I only want the Coke machine. I just need my soda. All right. Uh, okay, I'll go next. So Kobao dresses up as a prostitute to infiltrate the POW camp to sort of rescue Rambo. I've got a separate question about that. All right. But here's the first question. Where did she get this dress? 
she, she is her Hold mission on. is to is to meet up with Rambo and help him take photos of this POW camp. Why is this dress part of her military issue? It's not part of her military issue. She was able to intercept that prostitute and steal that prostitute. Okay, stress. I'll accept that. That's what I got to go with. That's a very good answer. That's, the, that's right. legit. Right. A rare legit answer in this segment. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I like it. So now this one is going to take away a little bit from a scene that you talked about earlier, but I, I still want to ask the question. So what I want to know is, so the, the POW, which I'm not sure the main POW, I don't know if you get the character's name. It might be in the credits, but I don't remember it really being recited. Yeah, I don't think so. So... It's established that he wants to know what year it is, and you're right that it is a, a good moment for that character and uh, for giving some humanity to the POWs. Yeah. Here's my issue with it, though, that I want to ask you the question. He, that POW knows that the last time they were in that specific camp was a year ago. How does he know that they were in there in a year ago and he's lost track of time of what year it is? That's a good question. Uh, did he say a year ago or did he say about a year ago? Uh, I mean, it, if it, he didn't say exactly a year ago, but a year ago. Not, oh, it feels like it might have been a year, two years. He's not vague at all. It's a year ago. I mean, it's, I could give an answer, but then that would go against the idea that he doesn't know what year it is. I feel like, you know, because they're using these POWs to, like, harvest crops and stuff, right? They're working, yeah, they're working them, some sort of work. Something, yeah. yeah. So we figured there's, like, a yearly harvest. Then maybe these guys would know okay. how many years, when a year, how long a year has been. Oh, it's been you know it's it's time for harvest again, so it's been a year since the last one. But then they would know what year it was. They yeah. would they would be keeping track. Yeah, you know. So All the right. idea that oh it's nineteen eighty five and he's I, so haunted. I think I think I shot a hole in it. Yeah, I don't have a good answer. I can't. I, That's I, all right. Not we do our best, but I can't. Yeah. I can't because there's no. He can't know how that. Uh, they were at that camp a year ago and also not know what year it is. Right. There's literally no explanation that can reconcile both of those things. Agreed. That's all right. All right. What, what, I, got, I got a few more, so what have you got? Uh, okay, so <clears throat> speaking of Kobao kind of busting Rambo out, but she doesn't really. Like The movie kind of shows, like, oh, she's in there and she infiltrates and then he escapes because she sneaks under the floorboards. But A, a this is a two-part question. A, does Rambo see her under those floorboards, and is that why he decides now is the time to escape? I think so, yes. Okay, and then B, what, does she do anything to help him escape? I guess she does shoot one guy through the floorboards. She does that, and then, and then also, I think, helps him on the escape because I think gets him a weapon. But I, I think through the floorboards and the, dis, the initial distraction is what she serves. So okay. I, he does see, and that's when he, he knows he's got the upper hand. Or the element of surprise. See, you think that, but there's no moment where the movie shows him seeing her. I thought Your mind was, kind of fills it in. Now, maybe that might be true. It's, there's no moment where he goes like, oh, they're, she's under the floorboard. Because he's, he's preoccupied with Murdoch. He's too busy threatening Murdoch to even know she's down there. for you. Did you like that moment, or did, did you think it was corny? Oh, Murdoch, Murdoch, I'm coming to get you. I liked his reaction, but Stallone's delivery was totally corny. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's one of the moments, that's, the moments that this movie is remembered for. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was kind of <laughs> okay. I, I, I like it. All right, so here's a very important question for you. Okay. Where is the power being generated for this camp? They have an elect, electric torture device they use on Rambo. And there's other things that use electricity. They've got a radio that they're communicating. I don't hear any generators running. How, where's, the, where's the electricity coming from? And there's got to be a generator somewhere. There's, a, there's floodlights too, right? Yes. And no, nowhere is it established where that power source is. There's no power lines anywhere. I mean, there must be. <laughs> this there's question, not. I mean, you can just assume that there's a power a generator somewhere. There must be. 
Maybe they could have had done like a full Flintstones thing and had the POWs run, like riding bikes to generate the power. You know, <laughs> I love it when you stretch for an answer. That is stretching. I mean, that's obviously not what's happening. We don't. We, we would see the Flintstones bikes. Yeah, I just assume there's a generator somewhere. All right, uh, the edge of camp. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't expect the movie to get into the infrastructure of this camp. You know what I mean? Why Why would you expect the movie to go into the detail of, like, you know, Ram would be like, I don't hear a generator. What's going on? I don't know. All right. I don't expect that. All right. It's an action movie. What? It's Fine. A, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an established POW camp. It's been here for years. So, But they move you, and rotate out, so to me, there wouldn't be a constant supply source, uh, uh, energy source. It might be hooked up to the power grid, for all we know. There were no lines. <laughs> but it could be underground. <laughs> it just seems like... <laughs> It just seems uh, you're stretching further and further. So no, I think on. the question is stretching. It seems like splitting hairs. Just like why this isn't even a thing that is, is uh, okay a concern to me. All right, okay. I want to talk about. I mean, I, this isn't so much of a question because my question is, what is with the Russian soldier that Rambo pulls into a cave who is apparently incapable of screaming for help? It's <laughs> not really a question. I, I don't have a good answer, but that entire sequence of the mud sequence. <laughs> Hiding between rocks and getting them with arrows. That I mean, I've actually got it in the body count. Yeah, that the, it's totally ridiculous. I like that sequence up to a point. I mean, it's 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 a fun change of pace from him. To but there's no reason else. that that one in particular, that soldier. Is, yeah, that one's because he grabs a guy like basically by the waist and pulls him to a cave, and the guy's just like, ah, ah, ah. he doesn't scream. It's like a Jaws movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's very strange. All he used to do is like, hey, this he's he's right here. He's pulling me into this right. cave. All right, so what I want to know is when we talked about how Rambo gets control of that Soviet chopper that ultimately then is used to evacuate the POWs. Yeah. I want to know, the pilot jumps out of that chopper. Yeah. Why didn't the pilot just land the chopper and say, here, take it? Well, he didn't have time, you know? It's like he didn't have Rambo time. was closing in on him. He, he had to get out of that chopper. All right. I, I counted him in the body count. I wasn't sure if I should. Oh, I absolutely did. That guy didn't make it. Yeah, he was just choosing. You know, it, it was like a pride thing. It was like, I will choose how to how I die. I'm not going to let <laughs> Rambo gonna get, get me. the best of me with an explosive <laughs> arrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an odd moment. They could have had Rambo kill him. I don't know. It's, it seemed like a strange thing. But that's, I guess, what I'm getting at is that the pilot thought, oh, I'm toast. This guy wants his helicopter. Just land it and just give it to him. Surrender. Do you think Rambo would have spared him if he surrendered? And he's like, okay, you can have the helicopter. He would have had at least a fighting. He was not going to survive that fall. He at least might have had a chance trying <laughs> to run away from John Rambo. This is my best shot. Rambo versus a 100-foot fall going 80 miles an hour into a, a shallow river. Like, right. Maybe I'll only break Actually, my his legs. Odds, his odds might have been better that way. Yeah. John Rambo kills everything. Like, a, a less than 1% chance of survival is better than a 0% chance of survival. John Rambo somehow blows up so many buildings, I couldn't even count how many buildings were in that POW camp. I have that as one. There has yeah. to be 20 buildings in this POW camp. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. It's like a, it's a whole camp. It's a, this established place that's been there for years, so... It's it's like a f- official facility. It's not just some ramshackle no, fly by night place. <laughs> it is. It, they they established this. Yeah, uh, but I, I I mean that sequence is just there to satisfy the fans of the first movie. Just like, well, we got to have a sequence where Rambo blows up a bunch of buildings. Yeah, because that's what he did in First Blood. Uh, I'm basically done. I think. All right, I got one more then. All right, all right. So we've established that the Soviets then bring in. They have an attack chopper. They have. 
you know, a bunch of weapons on that, right? Yeah. It's like okay. a Hind D or some kind of like yeah, I, I, yeah, assault helicopter. Yeah, so they have an a, a assault helicopter. All of their weapons point forward. They are behind Rambo's helicopter that right. really is just for transport, a transport helicopter. Yeah, it's got machine guns, like uh, miniguns on the what? side, but it's, 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 got, more, it's a more of a transport. Right. Yeah. So why would that pilot ever put himself where he's side by side? The only time that that attack copper chopper could be in danger is if you put it in the line of fire of the only weapon that Rambo's chopper has that only points out the side. Why would you fly next to it? When does it fly next to it? I don't remember doing that. Well, when the, the when the gunner when that POW actually is able to do a little bit of damage oh, you're right. against he it. does kill a guy. Yeah, yes, yeah. he kills the gunner on the other side on that. The attack chopper. It makes no sense. He's just trying to get a better look. Like let's let's see what we're dealing with. <laughs> I love when you stretch <laughs> recon. You know, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, it does seem like bad. But for most of the chase, he's behind him and shooting rockets at him and stuff. Because that's eventually what quote unquote takes the helicopter down. Right when he plays yeah. possum, is he, he gets hit with a rocket or something. Yeah. But that's not my point. There would be no reason to ever put yourself in danger of flying right next to. Him. Maybe he pulled a Top Gun, hit the brakes, and they flew right by. <laughs> flew right by. All right, well, that was my last question. Okay, that's it for me. So let's move right. on to the Silk Cozart Internet Memorial something something. Both of y'all! Yes, y'all! Go back to see what! All right. Uh, this is a segment where I take a deep dive into some piece of internet trivia named after Silk Cozart, the actor from Eraser. I should just like record myself saying that, and I can hit a button. It'll just explain because it's just you've it's, got it's, the soundboard. You absolutely should. It's a lot. To Actually, explain. really thinking about it, that's what we should just do. We should just record <laughs> the segment openings so that they are consistent. Yeah, that's. I don't want to do that. Oh, all right. <laughs> I was being. Uh, I was being facetious. That's all right. Well, I'm, I, this is. I'm always interested because I know nothing about this coming in. So, what have we got <laughs> for the Silk Cozart? So, I wanted to find out. Because Rambo 2 is, is the one that launched Rambo into the kind of pop you know, culture pop culture awareness yeah. and became kind of a, a cultural touchstone, I wanted to track, according to IMDb, the number <laughs> the references. of references to Rambo in other media, just narrative like TV and movies. Yeah. Um, and I narrowed it to like shows and movies that I've heard of. Okay. So just like how often is Rambo referenced? First of all, let's start with movies that we have already covered. Do you think you can guess how many and which movies? Do you want to take a guess, or should I just... Uh, no, you better do it. I'm not, I'm, I mean, the Hot Shots movies, of course, are what first comes to mind. I'm, say, I'm saying movies that we have covered on this podcast. Oh, on the podcast. Movies that we have done episodes on. Uh, well, Tango and Cash. Yes, that's one. Last Action Hero. Where is Rambo referenced in Last Action Hero? I don't have that. I don't think it is. No, maybe it's not. I'm thinking that... Stallone, Stallone is the yeah, Terminator. Stallone, Stallone is the Terminator. There's, there's no Rambo reference in my section hero. At least not according to IMDb. No, I don't think there is. I, okay. I think I, that, that's me making a mistake. Yeah. Because so Stallone, I think they used his show, photo from the Rambo 2 poster yeah, and pasted right. it on the Terminator's right, body. Right, right. That, that's probably what it is. So I'm mistaken there. Uh, you might see the poster of Rambo 2 in my list. Yeah, but that, that I'm, I'm not counting yeah, that in, no, in my no, list here. No, no, that wouldn't count. I'm only counting movies that verbally reference... I know, Rambo. I know that there's more, but just just go through them. Okay. Tango and Cash. Yeah. Demolition Man. Excuse me, Rambo. I need to borrow this. Oh, Wesley Snipes takes the guns yeah. off of the, the mannequin. Yep. Uh, True Lies. I married Rambo. Yep. <laughs> in, on the island there. I married Rambo. Yeah. Twins. This is borderline because it's a, it's just the poster, but 
Julius does look at the poster Rambo three and compare his muscles to Rambo. I do think that one's a stretch, but that's all right. It's close enough. It's not someone making a reference to Rambo, but they built a little moment out of it, so I think that counts. And then Predator two, which is one that I didn't remember at all. I think it's in the train sequence, remember, where everyone's got a gun. They're, like, pulling guns at each other. Yes. And someone's like, take it easy, everyone. We don't need any rush hour Rambos here. Uh, yeah, I actually, I think I remember that, and I think it's Bill Paxton, I think, that says that line. Probably, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. I didn't, I didn't have time to – I have some clips. I may play them. I may, I may not. It All depends right. on how long it goes. But, um, so I'm going to start with the movies that reference Rambo before Rambo 2 comes out. Okay. There are only three, according to IMDb. I have never heard of any of these. The first one's called Tank, starring James Garner, James Cromwell's in this movie, uh, the sheriff refers to a character as Rambo. Uh, I liked this uh, this uh, plot summary. It says, Sergeant Major Zack arrives at a new army base with his wife, son, and Sherman Tank. <laughs> 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 one night at a bar, he stops a pimp-slash-deputy from beating a girl. <laughs> pimp-slash-deputy. The corrupt sheriff uses Zack's son for revenge, and Zack uses his tank. <laughs> that sounds like a Knight Rider it's plot a, summary or something. That sounds pretty awesome. The movie's just called Tank, starring James Garner. <laughs> and Tank. Uh, and then there are two Italian movies, Blast Fighter and Demons. Oh, one's an Italian science fiction movie, one's a horror movie. Um, so those are the only three, according to IMDb, only three movies prior to Rambo 2 that refer to Rambo. And then, then it, the floodgates open. I was open. just going to say, and then it blows up, right? So I'm going to start with the, the television shows because there are so many. I'm just going to blast through them year by year. And I'm going to list multiple. If there are multiple instances, I'm going to list multiple times. Okay. Shows <laughs> that reference Rambo. I'm sure there's a million jokes, sitcom jokes. Here we go. Family Ties is the very first. Family Ties, Newhart, The Golden Girls, Punky Brewster, Mr. Belvedere, The A-Team, Give Me a Break, Different Strokes, Webster. That's just in 1985. Oh, man. 1986, Growing Pains, Moonlighting, The Equalizer, Hill Street Blues, Different Strokes Again, Small Wonder, Punky Brewster Again, Cheers, Small Wonder Again, Alf, Mr. <laughs> Belvedere Again, Sledgehammer. Oh, I loved Sledgehammer. Um, yes, I, I had the, the DVDs, and I sold them, and I so regret it. Oh, that's a bummer. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I would have borrowed those from you. I have not seen that probably since it was on the air. It's, it's really great. I mean, that's, it's, that's the perfect reference for Sledgehammer. Yeah, it of, absolutely of, is. Of course, Sledgehammer's yes. making Rambo jokes. 1987, only two, both growing pains. You can see the kind of the cultural impact come and go, wax and wane, because uh, only two in 1987. 1988, there are three. Alpha again, Golden Girls again, Small Wonder again. And then in 1989, we get a Rambo 3 bump. Alpha again, Alpha again, Family Matters, Dallas, Empty Nest, Saved by the Bell, Alien Nation, Saved by the Bell again. I remember Alien Nation. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love there's so many on Alf. <laughs> I mean, these sitcoms, they got to fill 26 episodes a year. They, gotta, they, they're, they only have so many jokes. Okay, in the 1990, Roseanne, and that's the only one. 1991, nothing. Okay. 1992, Melrose Place, Saved by the Bell again. 93, Mad About You. You can see like one to two a year, like Rambo's star has fallen here. 94, Boy Meets World, Married with Children. 95, Law and Order, Saved by the Bell again. (laughs) Saved by the Bell's hanging around. Yeah. You wouldn't think there'd be so many Rambo jokes on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. 96, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Homicide, Life on the Street. Boy, those are some similar shows right there. <laughs> and then Roseanne again. 97, La Femme Nikita. 98, Sliders, Buffy the Vampire Slater. 
99, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which we talked about last episode. Law and Order again. Law and Order again, The West Wing. 2000, ER, West Wing again. Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. 2001, Law and Order, The West Wing. It's like now it's only dramas all of a sudden. Where It started out just nothing but sitcoms. 2002, Becker. 2003, (laughs) Tremors the TV show (laughs) and Friends. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't either. uh, But I know Tremors, so I put it on the list. 2004, nothing. 2005, lost. 2006, ER again, Stargate. And then we get the Rambo 4 bump. Nine in 2007, The Office. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris. <laughs> lost again. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Chuck. Chuck. So that's, there's nine there. All right. 2008, there are 10 now. Lost, Supernatural, Doctor Who, House MD, Lost, Generation Kill, Generation Kill, Generation Kill, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Grey's Anatomy. I don't remember anything on Lost having a Rambo reference. There are at least two or three. I think there's one more, I think. All right. Okay, 2009, and here's where the Rambo 4 kind of starts to break down again. So we got My Name is Earl, Southland, Weeds, NCIS Los Angeles. (laughs) 2010, Smallville, NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, Hawaii Five-0, Dexter, uh, and then 2011, The Walking Dead, Southland again, and then 2012, Community, 30 Rock, Here's Your Parks and Rec, there's this, that scene. All of those shows on NBC, I think, were the same <laughs> same time, not time slot, but same day of air, so maybe Probably. the writers just got together, hey, we're going to all do a Rambo do, reference. Yeah, let's do some Rambo jokes. IMDb says that that Parks and Rec scene is a reference to Rambo 2. It's not. Okay. He's summarizing Rambo 4. I did find that clip. Okay. Um, I didn't that clip it. is one of my favorite Chris Pratt moments. But from... it's a spoiler for Rambo 4, so I didn't want to play it. Yeah, I mean, That's fair. I just, that it's one of my, that, that's how yeah, that character decides I need to fill dead airtime <laughs> at a political fundraiser yeah. to reenact a Rambo movie. It is pretty good. Well, don't watch it until you see Rambo 4. I want well, to I've see... seen it. I've seen all of Parks and Rec movies. Yeah, but you, you don't remember what he says. No, not really. Well, whatever. I'm sure he's just like, Rambo goes and kills a bunch of people. I, I doubt yes. there's that much detail to it. Uh, okay, a couple of general hospitals and then True Blood. Uh, and then we're getting into like modern stuff. The Good Wife, Breaking Bad, Parenthood. I wonder the, how legitimate these references are. I mean, uh, it's the, I mean, it's the IMDb, so who knows? But yeah. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. 2014, The Goldbergs, Person of Interest. 2015, Empire, Chicago Med, Jessica Jones, Ash versus the Evil Dead. That's an eclectic group. 2016, Orange is the New Black, Modern Family, The Goldbergs. 2017, Supernatural, NCIS, Young Sheldon, This Is Us. Nothing in 2018, and then 2019, the most recent one, Young Sheldon again. Wow. So I just thought it was interesting just to see the, the peaks and valleys of yeah. like 85, 86, every show is doing that was Rambo jokes. Just a tsunami of references <laughs> to Rambo. Did you cover the movies too, or was that too much? I do have movies if you want to have another blast of... of I mean, I've got more movie clips, so maybe we can stop and watch some of these movie clips. The first post-Rambo 2 movie, I believe, to have a Rambo reference is Chopping Mall, I don't know if you've seen Chopping Mall. <laughs> I have not, but it sounds like it has the potential to be amazing. I have I have seen Chopping Mall, and I did remember the scene. So I'm going to play this ch- clip from Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is basically like, what if you remade Dawn of the Dead, but instead of zombies, it was killer robots? <laughs> and they all kind of look like R2-D2. They're like these awkward... Like, I have never seen this, but it sounds amazing. Uh, I'm going to skip to the, to, the, to the part. Let's go send those fuckers at Rambo Graham. <laughs> They're, they're raiding the uh, the gun store, and they 
They're going to send the robots a Rambo grand. Is that, I, I will believe that. Is that movie as great as it looks? It's great. It's it's very schlocky B movie fun. It's it's really really fun. This is you can see in this preview here what the robots look like. See uh, <laughs> chopping mall. It's a fun B movie. Oh, I may have to see chopping mall. It was the first of the punch for a Rambo reference after Rambo two. Okay, All right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. I don't uh, know those movies. Uh, I don't think I've seen two. I've seen the first one. Uh, this one you'll know, Mannequin. Oh yeah, you know? uh, it's a Stelgetti. That's actually in my head of why I th- I thought you were going to say Stop or My Mom Will Shoot was on that list of references. It's actually what's in my head is Estelle Getty is the one who says that line. Does she? I guess there was a dog no. named Rambo? Yeah, the dog. Never mind. No, it's not. Uh, I, I take that back. The dog of Captain Harris, the actor who plays Captain Harris, plays oh, okay. the mall security guard, and he's got a dog. It's Rambo. Yeah, because IMDb says... Felix mentions that his dog is named Rambo because, quote, he likes to draw first blood. Yep. So Absolutely, I do remember that. Okay, I've never seen Mannequin, but I thought you would appreciate that. I do. All right. Blind Date, 87. Space Balls. She shoots up the, the guards. She's like, yeah, that's all right for a girl. And what, what's pretty her name? good for Rambo. Pretty good for Rambo. Uh, uh, Joan Rivers did the voice, yeah, Joan of course. Rivers. Dot Matrix. Yeah. How can I forget Dot okay, Matrix? I, it's been a while. All right. Ernest Goes to Camp, 1987. Oh, Man. And then I just put Ernest in the Army after that, even though I was going alphabetical order, but I put the two oh, Ernest movies together. Ernest goes to um, Beverly Hills Cop 2. I have that clip also, if you want to. Oh, I don't remember that one. I didn't remember this either. I didn't remember most of these. Pull open it. Wow. Billy! Judge Reinhold's trying to figure out a rocket launcher. That's right. Billy! Aim through there. Push this. He accidentally pulls up a truck. I think Taggart is the one who says it. <laughs> Rambo. Jeez, it seems like every clip has got an F bomb attached to it. I mean, it. you know, it's, that's why Rambo's an R-rated movie. If they want to reference Rambo, I really, oh. for, I really forgot how absurd the Beverly Hills Cop movies get after the first one. Yeah, I mean, Beverly Hills Cop two, you can really tell it's directed by Tony Scott as opposed to whoever made the first one, like. It looks like a slick, you know, it's it's so much more slick than uh, the first one. Yeah. Uh, okay, where was I? Okay, The Monster Squad, Colors. I, I don't think I've seen Colors. No, I don't know either one of those. Pump, uh, Monster Squad is fun. That's, that's an early Shane Black movie, actually. I don't know. Never seen I don't it. know if he directed it, but he wrote it for sure. Never saw it. It's a, it's a kid's movie, basically, where a bunch of... Uh, Halloween monsters attack a town. Like there's, there's a there's a Frankenstein's monster and a Wolfman and a Dracula. And oh, they all attack. It's 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 mostly a comedy. Gotcha. They try to kick the Wolfman in the nuts, <laughs> or they successfully kick the Wolfman in the nuts, and they're shocked. They're like, Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> that's the, that's the line I remember from that movie. I was gonna say that seems something that a nine year old me would have thought was awesome. It's yeah, I enjoyed it as a kid because I think they're arguing. Like the Wolfman's like, they're, ah, they'll kick him in the nards. What? Wolfman don't have nards. Try it, try it. And they kick him and then Wolfman's like, oh. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Oh, man. Imagine Shane Black writing a kid's movie. It's, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> you can get a pretty good picture. Absolutely. Uh, Pumpkinhead, which is a really bad horror movie. Never saw it. Uh, I saw it a long time ago. I remember thinking it was terrible. Okay, Die Hard. Yeah, yes. I know we've talked about that. Yep, where uh, Hans Gruber's mocking John McClane, saying, "Oh, you think you're Rambo?" Yep, 
another every uh, every American thinks he's John Wayne, yeah, orphan of a corrupt society, whatever he's a saying, bankrupt culture. Yes, yeah, that sounds right. Hans Gruber is such a great villain. Uh, okay, alienation in the movie, both the movie and the TV show wow. had a reference to Rambo, a fish called Wanda, <laughs> Cocoon the Return has a Rambo <laughs> reference. <laughs> Uh, Weekend at Bernie's is a Rambo reference. Oh, I love Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to find clips of these, but there's just too many. Yeah. Uh, Roadhouse, Gremlins 2, and this one I remembered, and I want to play a clip. I of don't remember one. Gremlins 2. I love Gremlins 2. You no, know, you've established that. Uh, okay, here it is. Gizmo is playing chess or something, and he's got a TV next to him, and he decides here's what he wants to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that at all. See, th- this isn't the part I remember. Survive a war. You gotta become war. <laughs> Just dedicate a 10 seconds of Gremlins 2 to watch Rambo 2. But then Gremlin, uh, Gizmo later in the movie decides to transform himself into, into Rambo. John Rambo. He's folding a paperclip into a bow and arrow. I'm gonna skip ahead to the, the reveal. There it is. <laughs> And Gizmo has a flaming arrow ba- using a, pe- a pencil and uh, whiteout. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he burns another, a bad gremlin to do. I do not remember that. Gremlins 2 is a crazy movie. It is nuts. It can't be good. That looks terrible. It is very good. You're incorrect. <laughs> What? I would well, go so how far. matter of fact you are incorrect <laughs> Hulk Hogan interrupts the movie because the, the gremlins take over the, the movie itself and like stop the film and then like Hulk Hogan gets mad really? you better restart the film and he like shakes is his that, finger at the is gremlins. that like meta I don't remember it's 100% super duper meta it's really it's really something wow that movie goes for it I don't remember that at all as evidenced by the fact that Gizmo transforms into John J. Rambo <laughs> Uh, okay, so where was I on this list? Okay, Suburban Commando, speaking of Hulk Hogan. Yes. Hot Shots Part 2, obviously, uh, Part 2. Yeah, the entire movie. Uh, more or less. That's more of a Rambo 3 parody than Rambo 2, but, you know, there's, there's parts that are parodying Rambo 2, obviously. Joe's Apartment, do you remember that one with all the roaches? No. I remember the movie, but I, I don't. I mean, I remember that it existed. I don't. Yeah, I never it. saw it, but I remember. I remember ads for it. Yeah. I think it was like a, the first MTV movie. I remember commercials on MTV like constantly yeah. and going like that movie looks terrible. <laughs> uh, higher Learning, Ten Things I Hate About You, The Boondock Saints, yeah. The Rundown. Have you seen The Rundown? That's, no, that's good. I've not. The seen Rock it. and Sean William Scott. Sean William Ooh, Scott that, is not that'd good. Be, that'd be an interesting. That's an interesting pairing. It is, and it's not. I mean, Sean William Scott is not great, but. Uh, it's a good movie. It's it's a lot of fun. It, it, it's it's uh, it's fun in the right ways and the ways that we enjoy. Yeah, as well, that's movie. the reason why I like The Rock. Uh, I mean, it's very early Rock. He's not quite there yet. He's a little undercooked, but uh, he doesn't smell what he's cooking yet. <laughs> uh, okay, Taxi Three, which this is a series of French movies uh, that they tried to remake with Jimmy Fallon. Do you remember in Queen Latifah? Yes. Yeah, they tried to remake these. This is the this is the third French one, and Sylvester Stallone has a cameo in it, and he talks about Rambo. Wow, I guess because I think those movies are just like taxi drivers driving around in Paris or whatever, and then like celebrities come in and like have little cameos. I've never seen any of them, but that's my sense of it. Uh, okay, the Battle of Shaker Heights, which I only know because that was the movie they made. That Project Greenlight, remember with Ben Affleck and uh, I remember and, that and uh, Matt Damon. Damon, yep. And uh, that was the first movie I I never saw the movie, but I watched that show of the making of that movie. 
and Shia LaBeouf is in the movie. That was my introduction to Shia LaBeouf is watching that, that reality show. Uh, okay, Lord of War. I have With Nicholas Cage. With Nicholas Cage, I have this clip. Never left town alone. Outside town was the edge of hell. I didn't want to even gaze into it. Nicholas Cage this is an arms dealer. It's your hotel. Two stars. Can you bring me the gun of Rambo? Part one, two, or three. I've only seen part one. I am 16. So, there's that. Touche. Uh, that's weird that he only saw part one. Yes. That's, that's Especially it's the one that is not very Rambo. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Jarhead. The Bench Warmers. It was a sports movie, right? That seems weird. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember it, though. Uh, Son of Rambo, obviously. Yes. Urban Justice, which is a movie that I only know about. It's a Steven Seagal movie. It went direct to video. I reviewed it when I was reviewing DVDs. Um, I learned recently that all my DVD reviews have been wiped from the internet, unfortunately. Oh, that, that may be the most disappointing news. It's a bummer. I, I need to see if I still have copies on a computer somewhere. Uh, that was a fun one because I put, I put a bunch of animated GIFs of Steven Seagal kicking people <laughs> in the review. Why, just to go backtrack a little bit, has every review from whatever site that you were working on been wiped off or have you personally been eradicated? No, uh, without talking about it too much, uh, the, the website has rebranded into strictly a horror website okay. about horror movies. So any review that is not a horror movie has been wiped. So gotcha. w- All right. inter- there's one of my reviews that survives. I, sh- I should be, be clear. But it's actually not a horror movie. It just had the word kill. And it's, it's the movie You Kill Me, which was Ben Kingsley as like a hitman. I think So I think whatever they did when they did their culling, it's like, well, it has the word kill in it. It must be a horror movie. Yeah, right. So they kept it. Um, but yeah, that's the only. And that was my first review, and it's not very well written. Like, of all the reviews that I would have liked to have you know, remained, evidence, yeah. that's it's by far the worst. It's, don't read it. Don't look for it. Um, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not well written. I, I got much better, and then I stopped doing it. But you have no evidence. There, I'm sure there's like an internet wayback machine that could find them. You know, there's like archives of everything. Uh, okay, moving on. Tropic Thunder. I want to play this clip also. All right. All right, that's enough of this insubordination. If the machine breaks down, we break down. Hey, man, you know how Rambo won? He was David Little Puffy and then Rambo 2, he got all shredded up? Yeah, that's kind of how you look right now. <laughs> oh. You know, yeah. not Rambo 1, but 2. Really? Yeah, <laughs> when he was cut up. Well, I'm not that. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going for. But Come you know, on, dude. You're more shredded than a Julian salad, man. Thanks, yeah. What's the secret, dude? It's a diamond. It's a diamond, yeah. Because yeah. I'm trying to come up a little, but it's just, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, you look good. In the tips? Yeah. What? In the tips you like, got? You know, like a, there's like the pineapple. Give me that goddamn hey. map. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see that part. He's, trying, he's, he's buttering him up to get the map. Yeah. All right. Righteous Kill, which I've never seen. That's the De Niro Pacino movie that was supposedly really bad. Oh, I, I don't. It was the first time they had teamed up since Heat, and everyone got really excited, and the movie was terrible, apparently. Maybe I've wiped it from my brain that it even exists, because I don't remember it at all. I think they're cops. They're both like partners or something. Like They actually have a, they interact way more than they did in Heat. Yeah, Heat, you get one scene, basically. Right. But I, I guess that movie's bad. Uh, it can't be worse than the... Dunkachino that you showed me. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I couldn't let you go on without knowing that information. <laughs> Mike is imitating his dance from Dunkachino. And the fact he's wearing a suit coat with donuts in the lining. <laughs> You're genuinely bummed. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry. Anytime, anytime, you, anytime Pacino ever comes up now, that's going to be on your yeah, mind. Yeah, it is. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, okay, Legion, which is that like Paul Bettany movie where he's an angel or something. Yeah. I never saw it. The Wolf of Wall Street. Apparently, there's a Rambo reference. Ted Two, Beasts of No Nation, which is uh, 
Netflix movie. Yeah, which I've never seen. And then Tremors 5 Bloodlines is the most recent movie with a Rambo reference. 2015, Tremors 5. How are there more Tremors? I don't know. I I didn't even know there were Tremors sequels. I don't want to know. Apparently there are five. I don't want to (laughs) know. Okay. That segment took a lot out of you, it seems like. It does, but it is also impressive of the pop culture influence that Rambo has had. The only way to communicate the impressiveness is to blast through all that stuff. So I'll probably cut out. Do you think it's more than more than Rocky references? A hundred percent. Okay, we can compare. Maybe next uh, episode I'll see how many Rocky Rocky four would be a perfect episode, right? Uh, I don't anticipate there will be nearly as many. Uh, That honestly, that's that's more than I ever would have. I mean, yeah, obviously Rambo is or Rocky is more highly regarded in terms of like they're better movies. Period. Doesn't by any standard. Unless you're strictly only want to see action movies. But yeah, I think Rambo has had a bigger impact on the culture than Rocky, despite Rocky being a huge deal. Um, all right, anyway, let's move on to the body count. All right. This movie, we only killed 48 people compared to the last one where we killed 119. This one took a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it did. I, you know what? It's a lot, but also less than I was expecting. Because I was kind of dreading it, and it was like, you know what? It's a lot, but it wasn't as bad as some other movies we've done. I, I kind of got that feeling myself it was a lot especially relative to what the run that we've had oh definitely this but movie I was has ex- a high body ex- count than like the last 20 oh, movies yeah. we've watched <laughs> i was expecting john matrix and you don't get the john matrix territory it's yeah it's not it's like 70 percent there i mean i think almost literally because uh i mean this is a segment where we compare arnold schwarzenegger's body count to stallone's i want to see if you and i got the same number I, yeah i want i want to see if we have the same number also so uh, Arnold had an average body count of 14.76. My total body count, not just alone, but everybody, I had 69. All right, so I foolishly did not total. You don't have any comment about the number that I said? You don't have... Uh, I don't, because the problem is I differentiated on mine between John Rambo's and everybody else, but everybody else I was assigning a letter, so I've got to the letter <laughs> J. That's not a good way to count. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and for John, I can tell you this, for John Rambo, my number was 58. Oh, for Rambo, personally, yeah. I have 58. All right. I'm, that's, that's so nice when the plan comes together. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. General? So you didn't have a total, you just had Rambo? No, but I could probably do the math here fast, because what letter did I get to? I got to the letter J, and then I think for Co, I think I gave her... Yeah, she got her own. I, I gave her, and she. I think she had two. Did you have two for her, or did you not keep track? Uh, I only. Well, I, ha- I have. I think she only. I had have two. them one by one. I have three. I think for her. No. All right. Then I might. I might be off on your total. But what really counts is Stallone, and we're both at fifty-eight. You know what? I think the reason why we're we're off is because when she sneaks into the POW camp disguised as the prostitute, and she yeah. like goes into a shack with a guy, and then she comes out alone. Did you count that guy as dead? I think it's assu- I, I, it's implied that she killed that guy, I thought. You don't see it. That's a good question. They go in together, she comes out alone, and we're like, all right, I'm going to count that. I don't think I, yeah, that one I don't think I counted, because I got her. Yeah, that's why we were different. Taking out a guard in the tower. And, and then she kills a pirate earlier. No, I, you know what? I take that back. The segment is to compare Stallone. Yeah, you know it, doesn't, it, does, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. I, got, I got three now that I actually looked at. It. I, I got the same number. It we, doesn't matter. We still don't have a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 count, so like the, the exactly. total body count is less important than Stallone's. We're, we're matching Stallone's and we're spot on. 58. So 58 in this movie, which is uh, more than he's had in the entire season up until this point by far. 
of okay. all of them combined? Yes. Wow. I, because what else? Tango and Cash, you had like nine or something. Yeah, well, yeah right. And like nothing else. Assassins, it was one. One. Like, there's a lot of ones. Yeah. And a um, lot of zeros. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it deeper on the season recap. And we'll, we'll, we'll dig into the data. Well, I have 58. I should clarify. 58 plus one chicken, a bunch of computer equipment, and a water cooler. <laughs> I but, forgot about the water cooler. <laughs> uh, but anyway. He really, and in hindsight, that Coke machine should have bit the dust. That's that, true. That, that was disappointing. Yeah. It's clear that Murdoch enjoyed that Coke machine. But look, Rambo's still American. He's, he <laughs> he loves his country, and that includes Coca-Cola. Right. That would be that would be traitorous if he shot the Coca Cola machine. That might be the most un-American thing he <laughs> right. could have done. Could you imagine if they turned Rambo Two into a Coca Cola commercial, where it's just like, <laughs> "I want what they want, an ice cold Coca Cola," and then <laughs> I think we've just discovered something. Yeah, I think they should have done it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they used hey, Rambo for any product placement. He, or, here's the thing. I mean, I guess they did. Just go. Stallone is still alive. Hey, hey, internet! Somebody <laughs> could go out. Let's make. Let's get that made. Yeah. All right. So, how is he comparing to Arnold Schwarzenegger? All right. So now he has a total body count of two hundred eighty-five. Stallone does across twenty-seven movies, giving an a- average of ten point five six. So he's back over ten per movie. All right. And you might say, well, hey, he's really losing to Arnold's fourteen point seven six still, even though he did tick up quite a bit uh, after this movie, but. If you're looking at total body count, I looked because we're now we're basically halfway done. Because he's got so many more movies, but whatever. Exactly. Well, we're doing Rocky Four next, but he's not going to kill anybody, so we know what the season is going to look like. He, yeah. He's going to finish with 285 at the end of the season, and we're halfway through his movies. So if you really look at it this way, Stallone is now on pace for 570 total body counts which would put him ahead of Arnold's 546. Mm. So it's still a race, even though I think the average per movie is probably not going to be a horse race yet. Total body count, Stallone is actually in the lead, technically. He's on pace to beat Arnold, so we've still got a race. And there's some more Rambos to come, so that will definitely help. I'm sure they only get more egregious as they go on. Uh, Three, I'd say, I don't want to spoil much, but I'd say three is probably equivalent to this. Okay. But four, yes. <laughs> I'm sure, because you're getting close to the expendable years. Exactly. So of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, he already has the most, because expendables, he had like 108 by himself. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Expendables 2, I think, was the one. Yeah, because it was that bridge. It was the bridge. <laughs> hundred guys. Like, no, it was like 70. But yeah, he killed like 70 guys in one <laughs> he, shot. He killed like an entire platoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of cheating, but you know what? He, he needs them at this point. He needs to, you know. It's true. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the, the Wrecking Crew. Wrecking Crew Award. Is there even a point here? I mean, this basically is named after this character. You said that on the first Blood episode, and I remember thinking, like, if you think that in the first Blood, just wait until you get to the other Rainbow movies. <laughs> yeah. He, nobody he, even. He's a one-man wrecking crew. He is. He, has, he killed 58 people. The next closest was Kobao with three. Yes. So who else is even in the running? But nobody. I, they cause an explosion. He, he has a bow and arrow and is able to do just blow up yeah. multiple vehicles. Then he gets a chopper and he blows up like 20 buildings. Yeah. Screaming all the way. That's the thing. Like it, it puts a little cherry on top that he has to win the wrecking crew award because when he's blown up the camp and it's just, ah, 
you know what? It's too bad we stopped looking for Green Pepper Face because this oh. movie is the king of the Green Pepper Face. Yeah, yeah. You're right. He's in the helicopter going, ah! And blowing up the POW camp. Then he gets back to the American base and he's shooting up the place. Ah! You're absolutely right. This would add probably four instances. The, uh, this movie has the most Stallone screaming probably of any, any movie, movie ever. I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. Because even later movies, I think uh, Rambo gets a little more subdued. More mellow. Like yeah. he's a little. It's old hat now. He's killed so many people. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's like it's not even worth screaming about anymore. It's like, oh, I killed 100 people. Yeah, we're good. So, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about it much here. No. Nope. Rambo wins it. Of course yes. he does. So let's rate the thing. Rocky rating. Right. Hey, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad mouthing my film. So this is a segment where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents uh, in his, the movies uh, from a scale of Apollo Creed through Spider Rico. Yep. This one was tough for me. Okay. Uh I enjoyed the movie more than I should have, and not the way that it was intended. That's fine. Yeah, That's so, the way I enjoyed it also. Yeah, so for me, I, it, it's still not a good movie, and I, I certainly couldn't give it an Apollo Creed. I went back and forth between Mason Dixon and Clubber Lang. I had just enough of the right amount of fun to make it a Clubber Lang. Okay, good. I also gave it a Clubber Lang. Yeah. It's, it's a good action movie. Yeah. and. You can understand why it had the impact that it did. Yeah. You got to throw its intentions, I think, to the side. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this. Its political ambitions are so laughable that they almost don't matter. <laughs> it's just like, this is stupid. Come on. I know we've tried to stop calling things stupid, but that speech at the end is pretty stupid. It's indefensible, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, from a character point of view or just in general? All around. Yeah. It's indefensible. Whatever. Yeah. Rambo should not be making a speech. No. His gun did the talking. He shot up the base. He doesn't need to say anything else. He made his, he made his point is, of view clear. Right. That is the prefer. That's the mic drop right there. He yeah. blew up the computer. Just walk <laughs> off the stage, Rambo. You made your point. Yeah. Literally, if, if he had walked out of that place and just passed right by Troutman and Troutman, like, what are you going to do now? I don't know. What does he say? I'll take it one day at a time. That's how it, if that's just what it was, just Troutman saying, what are you going to do now? I'll take it one day at a time. He walks off into the sunset. Done. Great. That's a great ending. <laughs> For him to stop and give a two-minute speech. Um, I mean, we're not really doing it justice. I'm sure people who've seen the movie know the speech and know you what can, we're talking yeah, about. You could play it, but there's... Yeah, and there's, I'm sure there are people who really like that speech, but... Uh, I'm not among them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm in agreement. All right, but overall, it's it's a good action movie. Yeah, yeah. So this was this was exactly what I wanted it to be when I chose Zookeeper to set up that to go and and you intended too because you thought that this was a good bookend. But I wanted a solid movie going into what I'm super excited for. Yeah. Rocky Four. I mean, to be honest, this is probably the movie other than Demolition Man that I've been the most excited about. So I can't wait to do it. Let me ask you before we move off of Rambo, are you more or less excited to see the other two Rambo movies, or three, when, the, when five comes out? Because uh, you're indifferent to this series just in general. I wouldn't say I'm super excited, but if the vibe gets to be how I took this movie, of I'm going to ignore whatever point it was trying to make and have fun with an action movie that doesn't necessarily have the one-liners and quips that an Arnold movie does, but has some fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that... That possum sequence with a rocket launcher is among my favorite scenes, and <laughs> of like of all time in action movies. And yes, a, an explosive arrow blowing up a guy 
If there's more of that, I'm interested. I have a feeling they get more serious is the problem. Uh, I think it goes kind of in both directions, weirdly. I don't want to like... How can it go in both directions? Well, Rambo 3 goes one way and Rambo 4 goes the other. All right, that's okay. So I'll probably like, of the two, whichever one goes the I'm getting closer to John Matrix territory. Okay, well, I'll be interested to see. It's... uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything, so I guess All right. we'll, we'll leave, it, leave at it at that. So yeah, the next episode will be Rocky IV. Uh, tune in then. Yeah, so if you've enjoyed the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice, and please feel free to contact us and tweet at us uh, at Arms Race Podcast. We certainly enjoy feedback and any references that we can get. Yes, Please refer to us as uh, Wolf Den, or what were they again? Hummingbird? What, what, what were they called? I already forgot the Dragonfly. Dragonfly. And Wolf Den, very colorful names. Um... <laughs> Anyway, if you like the show and you think someone else would like the show, tell would them you be show. Dragonfly or Wolf then? Uh, oh, Wolf then. I'm not going out anywhere. I am a sedentary person. I'm so going to sit at the base. You're telling you're selling me that I got to be Dragonfly. I would say so. Yeah, okay. you can go fly the helicopter, and I'll sit all with right. the computers. Dragonfly the Wolf then. I mean, we record all the, our podcasts on my computers, so I, I am the keeper of the computers. All right, I've got all enough. the hardware. You, they, you've got me there. I think I am Wolf then for sure. All right. Well, all right. we'll be back with Rocky Four. Peace in my life.